Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode number 55 of The Exceptional Scribble Show. Yes, and for tonight again, we are celebrating National Poetry Month. Yes, we are ramping up our celebration of National Poetry Month, of course, because tonight is April the 28th. And when we will return back on next Tuesday, it will be the month of May. So we want to end the celebration on the highest note that we can. And so, ladies and gentlemen, let me give you a sneak peek and preview of what you will be getting for tonight's show. First and foremost, I want to say to all poets and spoken word artists, out there under the sound of my voice. Tonight, we invite you to bring your love and poetry. Yes, yes, yes. Tonight, Tuesday, April 28th, year 2015. Bring your love and poetry. Here is the number for those of you who would like to call in. That number to call in and to speak with the panelists of the Exceptional Scribble Show. Of course, I am the host, Fran, otherwise known as the Sage Poet. And alongside of me, I am always accompanied by an awesome team of queens. I have Queen Nikki Fertile Spirit, otherwise known as Queen Nikki Kaplan. She is the CEO of Business Solutions. And... We have, of course, along with her, Queen Zipporah Thelman. Queen Zipporah Thelman, of course, is the facilitator during the publishing tips hour from 10 p.m. till 11 p.m. So I just want to say one more time to all poets and spoken word artists under the sound of my voice tonight, bring your love and poetry. Tonight we are celebrating National Poetry Month and we're wrapping it up. For this month, April 2015. And let me go on. We have some more announcements that I shall make tonight. First and foremost, we will have, during our exclusive interview, in the spotlight, none other than feature artist James Commissioner Gordon, otherwise known as GPA, the greatest poet alive. He is a published author, award-winning poet, spoken word artist. He has several books that are published that you can purchase. I will name the titles. Please listen closely. He is the author of The Confessional Heart of a Man, The Book of 24 Orgasms, The Mind of a Poetic Unsub, and his latest, 
the revenge of mm-hmm. the orgasm. Let me in. Hey, hi, welcome. Hey. <laughs> yo, yo. Hey, how's it going? I'm sorry. I do apologize. I'm working on a um, movie called Slice to Life. And, okay. Um, yeah, and, and my darn phone, I usually bring two or three batteries. I bring none of them. <laughs> my phone died, <laughs> so I'm on my brother's iPhone. I'm an Android guy, but thank you so much, Francine, for having oh, me no on. Shout out to everybody tuning in. It uh, is my pleasure. It is indeed yeah. an honor to have you back as a return spotlight feature artist. And, of course, just as you have always been, you've always delivered to us on this platform a no exceptional interview. So we're, of course, expecting the same. Yeah. We don't expect anything less from you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's going to be awesome. I'm sitting here. Um, yeah, we, we're currently um, – we just uh, wrapped for the day. We're sitting around here. We, we're getting dinner. I know it's late. Most people have had dinner already, so we're here eating dinner, so you might hear a little noise, but I'm here. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I'm here. Uh-huh. Hey, that's what that's what's up. That's what we needed. We needed you to be here, so don't worry about yeah. it. We yeah. work with you. We're glad that you're here safe. No doubt. We had a safe arrival. And um, what we're going to do is we're going to take a little music break, and when we come back, then um, I'm going to just give a few announcements, and then we'll get started with the interview. How's that? Sounds good. Thank you. Wonderful. You're welcome.
Yes, yes. We are always, always, always going to remember the icon, legendary musician, artist, songwriter, Marvin Gaye. There will never be another MC. Yes, yes. That was Mercy, Mercy Me, ladies and gentlemen. It's all about raising the consciousness, social consciousness, environmental consciousness of the people because we need to be aware of what's going on in the environment, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, and now for a few announcements, and then I'm going to bring on our feature artist in the spotlight because I know that he is ready to go. Ladies and gentlemen, um, tonight again we are celebrating National Poetry Month, and what better way than to end end the month than on a high note and to have with us on the panel as our feature artist in the spotlight, uh, Mr. Greatest Poet Alive, GPA, otherwise yep. known as James Commissioner Gordon, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. Thank and you I for tell you, we're honored. We're honored. And James, I'm uh, I'm just going to bring you right on and have you sit in in that chair where only the feature artists sit and put that spotlight on you just right because this is your moment. That's yes, indeed. I'm I appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome. You earned it. You earned it. And, yeah. um, you know, we have no problem with that as far as making sure that we give you that VIP intro that you are worthy and deserving of. And we want you to keep producing the fine art that you do produce because <laughs> we love your work. So um, we're going to start off with um, asking you to give us a brief um, intro. Let us know exactly who is GPA, how did you come about getting that name, and um, why you wear it so well. The well, mic is in your hand. <laughs> no problem. Well, as I'm standing out here, I stepped outside. Like I said, we're, just, uh, we're on lunch now on the set of this movie Slice of Life, so I wanted to step outside. But here's the thing. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people that write poetry. There are a lot of people that get up and perform poetry. There's a lot of people that write books of poetry. There's a lot of people that write novels. There's a lot of people that host shows. There's a lot of people that um, are actors. There's a lot of people that do a lot of things. But it's very mm-hmm. rare that you see somebody that does everything I just named and not just do it, but do it at a level of excellence, GPA, which happens to be me, has done that. Um, Day in, day out, I've been called the hardest working man in poetry, whether it's been doing my interviews on blog talk or or, or, or talk to you or writing my books or performing at open mics or features or doing storytelling, Mm -hmm. which I forgot to add as the implement. I am consistent. I've never been hot. A lot of people are like, oh, so-and-so is the hottest poet. So-and-so wrote a hot poem. I've never been hot. I've been consistently stellar. Hmm. Currently, right now, I am the only African-American poet to have a number one book of poetry in the U.S. and the U.K. at the same time and also have a novel that's number one in the United States on Amazon. You can check it. It's called The Warmest Winter. Both books have the same title. You can check it. Both of them are number one. And that's just through marketing, due diligence, and the fact that I can write my butt off. <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's just what it is. And the reason 
I am so that I am is, is because my dad told me a long time ago, in comparison to people who aren't black, mm-hmm. he said, son, you've got to be twice as good. Well, I figured like this. If I've got to be twice as good because I'm black in comparison to everybody else, let me be even more better, even better than that. And so I go hard at it every day. And that's who GPA is, day in, day out. Um, yes. Sleep when I have to, but not sleep because I want to. You know what I mean? Okay. All right, Make I like sure that. people know who I am. Yeah, sleep when I have to, not sleep because I want to. Because a lot of people are sleeping both as, well, as far as being awake and asleep and as far as their consciousness, and I sleep when I have to. When my body mm-hmm. says, hey, you got to lay down, then I do that. And I just go with it. People know what it is. So. Yes, yes. Excellent. Well, I tell you, you gave us a full definition of how you acquired that title, Greatest Poet Alive, and that you're not just wearing it, you are representing it to its fullest extent, and we are truly, truly glad to have gotten that uh, review Uh, from you. Now, um, we're a little curious. Uh, You mentioned two things. Uh, You're on the set right now. Yeah. of a movie, you're yeah. um, definitely featured in it. Can you give us a yeah. little detail about that, whatever you uh, the, can release sure. for the time being, the, and thank the movie, you. Sure, no problem at all. Thank you. See, uh, the movie is based upon the author, D.C. Johnson, who's from Chicago. Her hmm. book is called The Slice of Life. And the book is, of course, the, the movie, excuse me, is called Slice of Life. And I play Lamont Gordon, uh, which is ironic because my name is James Gordon. <laughs> I play Lamont and Gordon, and, I, and I'm, a, I'm a bar owner, a tavern owner. Okay. And um, I'm no nonsense. You know, I'm well respected by the people. My, my bar has been open for a couple of decades. I don't play any nonsense. And, and that's pretty much the long and short of it. Um, and so you, you're dealing with some people who will come to the bar. And, and if you if you think back to, let's say, New York Undercover, where a few scenes would happen in a bar, what have you, you okay. kind of get the get, kind of get the interaction that's happening in a bar, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then there's, there's some uh, infidelity going on and what have you. And I'm privy as a, as a as a bar owner and bartender, I'm privy to all these things going on, these interactions, and that's that's pretty much the part I play. Uh, that's pretty much yeah, that's pretty much part of it. We haven't gotten to the in, the really intense part where I amp it up a bit. That's a little ways okay. down. But, uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much the uh, Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. I love I love the enthusiasm I'm hearing as you're talking about it. So that tells yeah. me that you definitely are fitting it. It's a good fit for you. Correct? Well, uh, that's what the director, that's what the author and the director said. They said when I walked in, they said, hey, you know what, you're Lamont Gordon. I said, what? No, I'm James. They said, no, no, no. <laughs> Because that's the part I, they, they gave they, when I sent in my uh, information wow. and submitted my um my headshot. They're like, yeah, you would be a good fit for Lamont Jordan. And I was like, oh, okay. And then when I walked in, they said, hey, yeah, that's who you are. They handed me the script without me even telling them who I was. And I went and read for mm. the uh, director. Was like, I blew her away uh, because of my confidence and you know, you know, people who know me know. I am day in, day out. I don't change up too much. Um, okay. I'm pretty much the same dude. Anybody who follows me on Facebook or Twitter knows. I, I, I just I just tell it like I believe it is. So And then, so that's how I carry it in real life. 
Um, right. So, you know, it's, it's, that, it's fun. I, I tell you, I tell you, it's fun. People are going to enjoy it when they see it. Um, I'll tell you about another movie real quick, quick, great segue. Okay. Um, I'm in another movie called Animals, and it comes mm. out May 15th, and it stars David Dimashlian, and it's his story of being addicted to heroin here in Chicago, he and the, his girlfriend. And anybody who knows anyone who's been an addict or whatever like that, they you know what they go through to get that fixed. And this story, this movie, is about that. Mm. It's about them every day. I mean, this is every and you talk about an everyday hustle. This is an everyday hustle to get that fixed. I mean, they go through some things to get that. Well, it was released last year. Won a couple of international awards and what have you. Now it's got national distribution. So it'll be coming to your city uh, okay. as of uh, May 15th, and it's May 22nd here in my city. And I'm in the movie. You know, I, I, I got some speaking lines or what have you. So, you know, you know, check that out. Anim- it's all animals. So it's coming to your city. I'm really proud of it, man. I mean, you know, God is, God is so good placing. You know, I, I, you know uh, anybody who knows uh, their way around being an author or performing poet or anything like that mm-hmm. understands that opportunities come, but those of us who are who are in the know know that the, you know God creates these opportunities for us. To, um, and if I get preachy to offend nobody, I don't mean to. It's just the way what I believe. But God creates mm-hmm. these uh, opportunities. He opens up the doors. He lifts up the windows, and then you just have to be aware and step through them or, or, or walk through them. And that's what I've done. I've been quite fortunate to do so. Animals comes uh, May fifteenth, and uh, okay. yeah, <laughs> I got a few other things, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell y'all that. I'm, I'm just gonna let that go along. Like tomorrow night, I'm on Chicago PD, um, on, on NBC Network. Uh, I, it's uh, eight o'clock here, but it might be nine okay. o'clock on the East Coast or what have you. So you know that there. <laughs> yes, yes. Hey, yeah. look. You're in the spotlight, so whatever information you can share with our listening audience that will educate them on how they can uh, support what you are doing as an artist in support of you and also to learn more about you, that's what this platform was created to do. So thank you for utilizing it to its fullest extent. I'm always promoting and pushing for artists to do that. They come on. Some are, I mean, it, it, you know, some aren't as liberal or generous <laughs> about their yeah. life as you are, but I appreciate well, this very much. Thanks. Well, you gotta, you gotta speak on it. I mean, nobody's going to speak on you like you, you know what I mean? Nobody's going right. to boast you like you boast you, you know, and then people, they, they try to program us and tell us and, you know, they can be a bunch of people, but they try to tell us, oh, you're supposed to act this way or carry this way. And I I, I, I didn't, you know, I came up a little differently. I, I came up not one of the popular kids, not one of the cute boys, and, you know, because they told us dark skin wasn't all that handsome and all, whatever. And I believe differently. I believe you you are your biggest promoter. You are your biggest fan and what have you. Before anybody else is, okay. you have to be. So, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Did I, did I talk over somebody? I didn't mean to. No, let me. Uh, oh. I'm just going to mute out the mics right now. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. And I do need to welcome my co host, Queen Nikki Ferdow Spirit. Welcome to the panel, The Exceptional Scribble Show, tonight. 
Peace, Queen. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. How you doing? I'm blessed. I'm well. How are you? I'm, you know, I'm gorgeous. You know, what can I tell you? <laughs> well, well. I mean, I, I mean, I am, but I mean, you know, let's, just, let's keep that our secret. <laughs> <laughs> well, Queen Nikki, of course, this is GPA, Greatest Poet Alive, here you with us. He's in the spotlight representing, filling us in, letting us know what he's been up to since his last visit to the show. So if you have anything you'd like to direct to him, the mic is now in your hands. Well, well, I just want to say welcome back to the show and congratulations on you being consistent with what you do. I am familiar. I am very familiar with you announcing yourself as the greatest poet alive. Yes, I'm very familiar with you doing that, and and that's your brand. People don't don't know that is your brand. If you if you stop doing that. You would be completely reinventing yourself because that is your brand. Thank you, sister. I appreciate that. I, I figure um, you got to let people know and you got to make your mark. You know what I mean? Because um, everybody's somebody. Everybody's somebody. But then there comes a point where you raise the level of being somebody to something else. And so with that, with, with taking that name and then, you know, I knew that there'd be some uh, uh, unfortunately, there'd be some negatives that come along with that. And there's always negatives with anything you do. You can walk down the street and, and, and have your best hairstyle on and your makeup touched up right and your body looking good and your, your clothes right and your shoes on, 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 I don't even like this phrase, but I'm going to use it, on fleek. <laughs> I don't even like the phrase, but I'm going to use it. I love on fleek. it. And somebody's going to say, oh, my God, I can't believe Somebody's going to have something to say. So... But the, the, the upside is people know who you are. And so people with that name know who I am. And I've just been really uh, working towards um, living up to living up to it just by not only doing poetry, but um, as a lot of people know, I've, I've written my first novel. It's uh, number one on Amazon right now and done very well. Um, and, you know, just being, just being, something other than a poet or changing whatever the denotation of being a poet is and encompassing so many things, you know, just mm-hmm. not by being in a cipher or, or showing up and being a Facebook poet or anything like that, but mm-hmm. just doing a whole bunch of things where people see me like, oh, my God, there he is again, or there he is again, or there he's doing this, you know, writing a children's book and just keep doing stuff, whereas you're relevant, you know, and mm-hmm. people see you mm-hmm. like they, they, yeah. they, you can't. There's no way around me. So, Excellent. you know, yes, yeah, sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and I'm a black dude. I, I'm not ashamed to say, I, I, I got to emphasize this. And, you know, um, anybody that's not really cool with what I'm about to say, you know, that you'll be okay. But I'm a black man. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a black man. And, mm-hmm. and I, represent, I represent myself. I represent my family. Yes. And I represent my race uh, by, by being excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Every I love year, black excellence, yes. Yeah, you got to have it because every That's year I standard. go, I participate in this thing called 100 Positive Black Men. And for mm-hmm. the last three years, I, pos- I participate, and I go to a couple of different schools, and I go and talk about things I've done, and I talk to these young people who look like me mm-hmm. in my city, who come from the same city, the same neighborhoods that I came from, and I say, hey, they ask me, wait a minute, weren't you on TV? 
I saw you, and I showed him a clip of me on TV, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, that's you. How did you do that? And I tell him, well, all you got to do is do this. I wrote this book. You wrote a book? Mm. I wrote the book. Like, I gave out books last year, my children's book, Hi, My Name is Bobo, to a bunch of fifth graders because it was about being in fifth grade. And they were yeah. like, you wrote this book? That's you? I was like, yeah, I stayed in school. I studied. I graduated, you know, I got this degree and what have you, and I wrote, and I just stayed with it and what have you. You can do this because mm-hmm. you're me. You know what I'm saying? You're me. Yes, you got indeed. the more advantage Motivate. than I got. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I carry it like that. You know, so so that that's that's what this thing is about. Because there's somebody somewhere, and I, I ain't trying to get preached. I, and I, and if I am, just cut me off. But I, you know, I was bullied. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. I, I, I I I was called ugly because I'm dark, and, and I didn't grow up affluent or whatever. I wasn't without, but I didn't grow up uh, uh, like the Drummonds. You know what I mean? Right. I, yeah. I, I grew up like my parents did well for me. You know, I'm I'm appreciative, but mm-hmm. there's somebody out there. There's some kids, some kids who are out there who look like me, who went through what I went through and can look and see, oh, my God, dude made it through. Dude is on TV. Dude is in movies. Dude is just a sudden sense. He wasn't light, no distance to my light people, but he right. wasn't light. He wasn't this, that, another. He made it through, and they can look at me and say, oh, I can do that. You know what I'm saying? That's so that, that's, that's, that's what indeed. I'm all that's love what I'm all. I love it. I'm sorry. They uh, we, like I said, we in Chi-Town filming. <laughs> y'all can hear what's going on. <laughs> I hear those sirens going y'all, off. Y'all, y'all can hear it's going it's down. It's okay. You know? as long, look, as long as you're still talking, we know everything's all right. Go. <laughs> <laughs> That's live. Oh, He's coming so to I us live, it. ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I told him I don't I don't film another scene like for another ninety minutes. I was like, that's cool because I, I got to do I got my interview to do. So they're like, yeah, you you're all right. You just can chill. You know what I'm saying? So oh, it's cool. Okay. Yeah. It oh works wow. Out well, we're really honored that you don't mind us taking up some of your chill time. You know what I'm saying? Nah, nah. That's generous. <laughs> let me tell you something, Francine. Let me, let me tell you something. Uh, you do so much for artists, poets, authors. Uh, uh, us, and you know, what I'm saying, doing your show, mm-hmm. and uh, you got you got Queen co-hosts with you. You do so much with your with your show to give people an outlet that it, it, it's not it's not. We just made a fair exchange. That's all. It's, okay. I appreciate you having I me on, it. making a way Thank for me you. to have me on. So I'm good. Thank you. That's so, what you it's know. all about. Paying forward. We're a community, literary artists out there. Remember, yes. you are a part of a community that's bigger than yourself. And yes. always pay forward. Always give yes. back to your community, the literary Definitely. arts community. That's Definitely. what we're Definitely. about. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, GPA, I'm. I know I'm not the only one that's anxious to hear you spit. <laughs> yes, yes. You know I love that 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 vibe and 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 your flowetry and the oh, wordology. Man. Oh my goodness, I'm I'm ready. I got my popcorn at my side, my uh, spring water. <laughs> Do I have some? Let me see if I got something. I got some. I think I got some. This is from uh, this, this this is from the new book. It's called The Warmest Winter. It's ninety nine cents today on Kindle. It's number one in African American poetry and love poems, both mm-hmm. in the United States and the UK. Um, and this is called Can I See You Again? Okay. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. I put myself in conversation with you. I listened to the words traveled from your vocal cords, your tongue, 
crossing the gateway that is your teeth, touching the gloss of your lips and caressing my eardrums. And I found myself staring, staring at your lips, wondering if the gloss would ever touch mine. Then I found myself looking at you, the slight protrusion of your forehead, the way your hair just fit your head perfectly, the way your eyes illuminated when you spoke words that mean something to you, the way your nose would flare with, a, with affection, the way your mouth would move. And I found myself staring. And because I am a gentleman and have been raised right, I sought to look away. And then I realized the thought and the action that would follow it would be foolish, so I continued. And you continued to talk to me. Slight blush, filling your cheeks, knowing that I was looking at you. The way your eyes met mine, hypnotized me, caught me in a hypnotic tango. And then you left. And I watched you. Your emotions as you rose from your seat, turned on a pivot, and the way your feet not touched the ground but floated as if a character from the Bible you were. And I watched you, and I watched you when you turned the corner and disappeared from my sight. But unbeknownst to you, I rewound the tape as if you would do your favorite show on a DVR. You couldn't watch it because you were doing something else. I rewound the tape and kept it for my reference in another time. How I could see it over and over again. And such a time came, hmm. 2.03, 2.04 a.m. I was leaving the set of Empire. I got in the Uber, and it was snowing in my city. And my city has the most beautiful skyline of any city I've ever seen. And I've seen plenty of cities. But none matched this one, Chicago. And the snow covered the skyscrapers, covered the ground. And to most, it would be picturesque. But before I could agree, I remembered the memory, the recording I had in my head, and I played it. And at 2.06 a.m., a thought occurred to me, and the thought after that became an action. And I dialed my phone, and I called you, and I told you, I'd like to see you again. Yes, you. I'd like to see you again. Soon and very soon, I'd like to see you again. And until I can see you again, mm. my eyes will see nothing else. I'd like to see you again. My poem. Oh, my goodness. Awesome, awesome. Queen Nikki, would you like to comment on that fine Poetry. <laughs> how could uh, how could she not want to see you again? You know, that was um, the delivery in it. You know, such a strong. How can I say? It's the young chivalry. It's the young gentle. You know, mm-hmm. it's confident, but at the same time, it is humbling. You know. Is I know what I know what I want, and you may even be surprised that I'm sending to you because maybe you didn't even expect me to feel this way. Yeah, I love it. Love it a lot. Five stars. Thank you. Thank you, Queen. 
Thank you so much, Queen Nikki. Thank you so and G P A, I must share with you some commentary. Uh this is from the chat room. And this comes from Queen Mariposa. And she uh her name Mariposa. Uh-huh. And she is a fan. Oh, thanks. She is one of your fans. And she just wanted to say to you, she's listening from Barbados. All right. Yes. And she wanted you to know, she said that um, she's always honored to hear your poetry, to hear you spit. And um, she loves your vibe and the way that you think. Thank you so much. I, I so appreciate that. Dude, could you you see him on the phone, right? Stop. Um, I got some playful castmates, and they just feel the need. They they're sitting around here. You won't believe this. I was doing my poem, and there are like twenty five people sitting in front of me talking about oh 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 my goodness. Oh. Like stop, like actors. What are you gonna do? Right. <laughs> wow. And you know what? And we never could tell that. Like you were able to mask. All yeah, of your emotion about that, where we could not read yeah, that from I, the I way you out. spit. I, 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 I didn't even see him. That's a genius does. poet at work right there. That's people can put themselves in it, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, a lot of people write, whereas 
it's so subjective that you can't see it. Right. Right? You can't yes. feel it. Yeah. Whereas I, I like to be able to you can put yourself in it. You know, not to be redundant. You can put yourself Beautiful. in it. And um I, I like I like as most people know who follow me and friends and you're my friend on Facebook. I like women. I like uh-huh. I like beautiful I, I like beautiful women and um it it you know when I when I did the poem and, and the first time I did it I never wrote it down there was a woman and we were on the set of Empire and I was I said wow I said I thought of this poem about you she says no you didn't and mm. I said yeah I did and I recorded the poem to music and I said you I told her you inspired this she says oh my God I can't believe you actually were telling me you and she did. I'm inspired by women all the time. Women, in my opinion, um, are God's presence to men. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Wow, we feel so honored as women hearing this. (laughs) Well, you you know, and and, 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 then I'm going to offend some people. I'm going to do it on purpose. I'm going to offend some people. Sisters especially are, and as a black man, sisters especially are, are, are a gift. To us, mm. because, okay, as a lot of people know, we've been, black people, we've been going through stuff for, for a bunch of, for a long time. But even recently, you know, we've been under siege, especially being a black man. We are under siege. We yeah. are these species that are endangered. And then mm. when you have somebody who can sit here and say, say, hey, baby, are you all right? Are you cold? Okay, I want you to get home safe. You be careful out there. I'm with you. I got your back. Put your back against mine. When you got somebody saying that to you, saying that good stuff in your ear and mean it, mm-hmm. you become a different man. You you become a different man. You become a higher form of man. There are things that you couldn't think you could do before that you know now are possible because somebody, this woman, this rib, is filling you with this good stuff in your ear, and you're like, oh, my goodness, I can't let her down because she got this faith in me. Let me go get it. You know? I'm sorry. I, I get a little – I'm a, I'm a romantic type of dude. I believe in the, the duo being the one. So if anybody's out there, you know, you're hard rocking it. I don't mean to offend you, but I just believe in the man and woman thing and the, the, mm-hmm. the brother and the sister thing. And I just really believe that, and that's why I write the way I write. So when I wrote, can I see you again, this woman had such an indelible impact on me that I wanted to see her again. So in order to make that, what I just said, come to fruition. So. All right. <laughs> I tell you, you gave us a full answer there. Yeah. Um, I, know, I got real loquacious. I got yeah. a little, little loquacious with that. <laughs> I have a comment for that. Sure. Yes, Queen Nikki. I don't think that there are any apologies needed because what you are giving is what is needed. Mm, and God made woman for man, and He made man for woman. Yeah. To take pleasure in each other and for each other so that they could fight against the world with each other. I agree. And there is no room for selfishness when you're working together. Intimacy is supposed to be the apex of a relationship. Wow. And because everything has been shifted 
everything. The enemy has come in and he's changed everything and the image of everything because that's what he does. But mm-hmm. in every area and in every arena of God's creation, he needs that purity to be returned. Right. And sexuality and intimacy between a man and a woman is not exempt from that. In fact, that is a, a stone, that is a core, because we are the core of holding down the representation of the force on this earth. That's right. Yes. Well spoken. Well spoken, Queen Nikki. Well spoken. Well, at this time, what we're going to do, before we take our next music break and come back and we cater to our callers, I want to acknowledge the chat room. We have Dr. Sharonda with us. Welcome, Dr. Sharonda. We had uh, Mariposa from Barbados. We have our caller from Southwest Louisiana with us as well. And we're going to hear poetry, of course, after nine. But right now we're focusing on our feature artist and hearing him. And this is none other than Greatest Poet Alive, ladies and gentlemen. For those of you that would like to speak with GPA, Greatest Poet Alive. Here is the number. Listen closely. That number is 724-444-7444. I repeat, 724-444-7444. And the call ID for this show is 133193. I repeat, 133193. And for those of you who do call in, once you have joined the call, please wait before you speak. You will be acknowledged and invited to speak. In order for you to be acknowledged, you have to raise your hand, and the way that you do that is you would press the star key and then number 8 on your phone keypad. I repeat, press the star key and then number 8 on your phone keypad, and I will see your name light up in the call queue on the switchboard. Yes, yes. Fran the Sage Poet has spoken, the host of the show. At this time, we're going to take a music break. Let us all enjoy some more music from Marvin Gaye. Tammy Terrell, Ain't No Mountain High Enough.
right, all right. Ain't no mountain high enough. It's all about the Love Jones ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Okay, we're going back to GPA. He's the feature artist in the spotlight tonight. Welcome back, GPA. Hey, thank you for having me again. Um, let me just say this. I need to say this real quick. Queen, I know you. I know your voice. I don't know where we've interacted. I know the whole um, poetry scene makes us it's large, but it makes us small at the same time. I right, know your voice. right. Um, so... Well, I'm definitely local in Philadelphia. So if you come through Philly at a poetry open mic venue, you pop, we possibly have encountered Encounter in person. <laughs> no, no, I haven't done that. Cause, you know, I've been like, oh, my God, but her voice is just distinctive. So oh. I know I've... Okay, I've I've been you know I was on Harambe Radio for a period of time, and um, there was a show entitled The Family Affair, and I worked with Minister Duke L. He was the host; I was his co-host, and that came on Wednesday nights weekly for an hour. So I don't okay. know possibly you've heard me there. Okay. Very social conscious um, broadcast, Harambe oh. Radio. Yeah, okay. mostly for the black community, per se. Right. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know, possibly through there. Um, also, I co-host with, are you familiar with um, So Unique? She had a show entitled Positive Talk. I know the name. Okay. I did I co-host with her for a stint, and now I'm here doing my thing with my queens. We're all That's doing our own so thing, I, actually. And I'm sorry, Francine, I know you real well. I meant um, Queen. Oh, you were I talking know. about Queen Nikki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? I, I bow oh, gracefully, oh, Queen Nikki. The mic is in your hand. Her, her voice is... Her, her voice. Hello, you, you see how smoothly we play that without any... Yeah, without like, any like, yeah. yeah. Wow. It, it wasn't an issue at all. It's been years, but from BTR, it's just about 2010. Mm, okay. Okay. I was just being sure. But, uh, yeah. Oh. So good to be back on here with you. Yes. Thank you. And, um, and it's my my honor to be have a voice that's so distinct that you would remember it because I know you hear a lot of voices and a lot of poets. So you may not remember any of my words, but to know that you can recognize my voice still speaks you, and I appreciate that. Oh, well, no problem at all. No problem at all. Um, I have a question for you, GPA, and it's in reference to that poem that you read, Can I See You Again? Mm-hmm. Um, is that poem available on YouTube? It, it is on YouTube, but it's readily available on my Reverb Nation channel. Um, oh, okay. I'm on Reverb Nation, so if you punch that up, that's there. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> okay, um, two things. Uh, there was a comment I read this in in an article about you. You were on, or you're featured in Pink Noir, and they had an um, article writer, poet, meet GPA, greatest poet alive. Yeah. And there were two things that stood out with me. One was 
uh, the statement, imagine if GPA and Nikki Giovanni collaborated on a project. Their wow. styles are similar in the narrative form that they deliver poetry, and besides, wow. it would be epic. And I would like to hear your uh, response to that statement. Oh, my, oh my God. <laughs> Let me tell you. Uh, last year, a lot of people know, what's up, brother? Uh, a lot of people know um, who follow me. Last year, I had the great blessing to interview um, Dr. Nikki Giovanni. She always says, Nikki, it's Nikki. Um, <laughs> I, I got to interview Nikki on my radio show that I, I did for a while. I dabbled in that GPA talks and um, I sent her a thing. I was like, man, I love the interview on the show. And her her uh, her friend, her, her doctor friend said, yeah, Nikki, we'd love to do it. Um, she knows who you are and been following you. I was like, get the heck out of here. I was like, what? I said, no. And anybody who knows, like, okay, those of us who are poets and, and live this poetry life, uh, mm-hmm. especially being African-American poets, even though I can't stand that particular term, but being black poets, Mm-hmm. Uh, we know who our people are, and Nikki Giovanni is one of our people, and she's living in right. what have you. Like, so when she said she knew who I was, I was like, oh, whoa, snap. <laughs> what? So, so uh, and she came on the show, and um, the show, the actual interview is on my Reverb Nation um, channel. It's one of the okay. tracks you can listen to. And the first 30 minutes, you got to meander through because we had so much technical difficulties. Uh, she was trying to get in. Hilarious. Mm. She was trying to get in to talk to. She was trying to get in. She couldn't get in. And she sent me a text message. Hey, I can't get in. Call me and bring me in. So I just want everybody to understand it. I got her home number in my phone, her number in my phone. So I called mm. her and brought her in. And then we had a, a great interview. People were calling in. Poets were calling in. They were ecstatic to talk to her. And we had a great interview. And you've got to understand, that's historic, man. I mean, you know, Nikki Giovanni. I mean, I'm just going to – if you don't know, if anybody's listening to this, man, you don't know who Nikki Giovanni is. I'm not going to diss you. That's not what we're doing. But you need to just do a Google search real quick and see what it is. You know what I mean? And, and see what that's it is right. with this wonderful sister of ours. And um, it was just epic. So we we I talked to her from time to time, and our stars our styles are similar because we have a lot of narrative, and it's simple. We aren't trying to wordplay you to death. We aren't trying to hit up, hit you with a bunch of metaphors. We just want you to get the pictures that we're we're seeing, and so we're similar. In that that would just be epic. If I oh my god, let me mm. tell you. <laughs> I see a lot of, you know, being in uh, TV and movies a little bit, uh, I've mm-hmm. seen a lot of these so-called quote-unquote stars. I've seen them. Yes. And she's a star to me. She, she, she's a star to me. So to, to, to work on something like that um, would just be epic. Um, wow. Excellent. I wouldn't even have a word. If people think I'm conceited now, they wouldn't even know what to do with me there. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> One more thing before we go to our callers, because now the callers are just, they are piling it on. They are wow. raising their hands, and they want to wow. speak to you. Um, yeah. I hear that you're a huge fan of Batman. Is that true? Oh, my. Oh, oh <laughs> my God. Okay, real quick, real quick. Anybody who knows me knows this. 
anybody who knows me knows a couple things about me. Number one, I love my Chicago Bears. I do. Number mm-hmm. two, I love chocolate shakes. Number two, I love curvy, thick women. It's just the thing. Um, I love my Beagle, Scooter the Beagle. Um, <laughs> okay. And I, I love Batman. I, you know, I'm a huge 50 Cent fan. I love Batman. Listen, Batman, mm. if anybody sees any profile pictures of me, you've seen them. I got Batman t-shirts for seven days of the week. Mm. I got a different color. Different oh, my. Thing. Hardcore. I, I'm, yeah, I'm a huge Batman fan. <laughs> it's just the thing. You know what I'm saying? A regular dude, a regular dude can be a superhero. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. That's a, that's a, there's a hidden message there. Love Batman. Yeah. Okay, okay. That's, yeah. <laughs> so if you had an opportunity to play the role of Batman, you would definitely go for it, wouldn't you? Listen, they wouldn't even have to pay me. They wouldn't even have to pay me. Listen, I want to get paid, but they wouldn't even have to pay me. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. my God. He's for uh, real, black, ladies and gentlemen. And he black is for Batman. real. Wait, wait, wait. And a black Batman, too? Oh, my God. What? Oh, my God. Oh, my. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, thank you. Thanks for the answers. Now we're going to go to our callers. We have, um, first, we're going to go to Dr. Sharonda. Second, we're going to go to West Tennessee. I believe that's one of my favorite poets, uh, Bishop Peep, and then we're going to go to Louisiana, and then we're going to move from there. So we're going to start off with Dr. Sharonda. Welcome, Dr. Sharonda. Hey, Dr. Sharonda. Good evening. Doing well. Glad you could join us tonight. Hey there. Yeah, say that again. I'm sorry. Glad you could join us tonight. Okay, say that one more time. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, glad you could join us on the panel oh, okay. of the Exceptional Scribble Show tonight. I am glad to be. I, I'm telling you, every time I have to miss, I just feel like, man, I'm going to make sure I got to do it this Oh, <laughs> Yeah. That's a pleasure to hear, especially coming from you, Dr. Sharana. You're one of the, <laughs> one of the uh, most inspiring poets that I know. And I'm so glad that you had the opportunity to speak directly with uh, one of the greatest poets Thank ever, EPA, um, yes. greatest poet alive. Uh, and he's he's in the spotlight, of course, tonight. Yeah. And I'm sure you've been listening for some time. So I'm going to just hand the mic over to you, Dr. Sharonda, and whatever you would like to direct to our feature artist in the spotlight. Now's the time. Okay. Well, um. One thing that um, caught my attention, I, I love the title, um, The Mind of a um, Poetic Unsub. Yeah. That's mm. hot. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it, it's not only hot, that's deep, too. So, yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. And um, could you just talk a little bit more about the um, 100 Positive Black Men? Um, sure. Once again, I don't know if you heard me at all, but thank you for listening in and, and joining us tonight on the show. Appreciate that. Um, the 100 Positive Black Men is a program here in Chicago, and there are it's actually more men than 100, but uh, every year we go to different elementary schools in our city, and we go and speak to the youth. 
You know, we, we want to give them an idea of, hey, listen, it's cool to be a basketball player. It's cool to be a rapper. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But let's, let's give you alternatives to professions and things you can do. And mm-hmm. one of the reasons I was chosen is because I'm an author, I'm a performer, and an actor, and, and they can look and say, hey, this is something you might be really dramatic in class, and that might translate to you being an actor, or you might like to write a lot. And so that, that's one of the things. We get to go into schools um, a couple times, a couple different schools, and then we come back for a program. And uh, because I was bullied, and I have a couple stories and things about being bullied, I've, I've been one of the uh, gentlemen that have been asked uh, more than once to come to different schools and speak about that and speak about that, those experiences. So that's pretty much it. It's, it's just, it's just the, the give. And, you know, as a black man, and I, I'm, once again, I don't want to seem like I'm shoving this down anybody's throat, but as a black man, an endangered species, it, it helps a lot for young black men, our black children overall, to see somebody who looks like me being positive, doing something positive, as opposed to what we're depicted in the media. So that, that, that's basically what that program is about. Okay. Because I was, my follow-up question was going to be, you know, why the name 100 Positive Black Men? You know, I can't even say I'll be quite honest with you. <laughs> that seems pretty I, limiting. It, it does, but um, <laughs> that's just the program name. Okay. And, uh, you know, when I submitted, a, a buddy of mine, a buddy of mine said, hey, um, he's like, hey, James, man, I need you to do something for me. I was like, sure. He says, man, can you go to the school and such and such and speak and tell them about you being an author and self-published and all that? I mean, no, I'd be more than happy to. And I, and I didn't know that that was the name of the program until I got there, and there's this big banner. And if anybody sees my one of my pictures on my um, – a couple of pictures, excuse me, on my Facebook page, it's that. It's, it says that. And I was like, oh, wow. And so they asked me to come back again. And then they asked me to come back again, and then this year would be a fourth year. So it's like, you know, that, that thing. I don't know where the 100 uh, came from, to be quite frank. But I'll be quite honest, I'm glad to be a part of it. And oh, I'll, keep okay. doing it. I'll, I'll keep doing it until they say, hey, you know what, dude? We've seen a bunch of you, so uh, we need, you know, I'll keep doing it. So, yeah, yeah, I, you got it. That's, that's the way of giving back, my opinion. You got to, you know, and it's important. Because, you know, we, we get so many negative images about us, you know, right. uh, bl- being a black male. You get so many negative images that it's like Haiti. A little boy said to me last year, okay, and I, I know you didn't ask me this, but I got to share this. A little boy said to me last year, he says, hey, I want to write a book too. I said, man, you're supposed to do that, do that. But then he said, and this was just classic to me, he says, but I want to write a book better than yours. And I said, <laughs> yes. I said, yes. That's exactly right. it. I said, yes, young man. That's, I said, do that. He said, you, you aren't mad? He asked me. You aren't mad? I said, that's no. You're supposed to want to be the best. Exactly. I said, dude, I'm the best. I said, I'm the best. Said, you want to be the better than the best? Fine. Do that. And so that, that, that's that thing. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. 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 
That's All pretty right. cool. Definitely. Very cool. Very so, cool. Dr. Sharonda, do you have uh-huh. any further questions, or should we go and move on to the next caller and come back to you? Oh, yeah, you can. Um, I wanted to share a piece, and so I don't know oh, if you okay. want to yeah. Well, listen, we're celebrating National Poetry Month, so absolutely, positively, the mic is in your hands, and you can spit your piece. All right. This is called Where I'm From. Um, I am from Flint, Small Liquor Bull, Golden Champagne, Wild Lavish Rose, and Christian Brothers Brandy. From Atari, Nintendo 64, Pickles with Peppermint Sticks, and Penny Candy. I am from Mr. Ed with the one leg who had a candy store and video games in his garage. I am from house parties and basements. You better be where you can hear me call you and fathers getting out of Dodge. I am from plastic-covered couches getting stuck to legs in the summertime. I am from got to have a roof over my family's head, even if I got to commit a crime. I am from mothers buying food with black and white labels and family sitting down together at the dinner table, growing collard greens and rhubarb in the backyard. I am from Englewood and the Wild Wild Hunters food, so you better be hard. I am from flirting with boys at West Fulman Park and rushing home before it gets dark, playing double dutch, running bases, touch football, and Chinese jump rope. From sitting in the bars at the age of four and people in the hallway shooting up dope. I am from my grandmother, Dorothy, who raised us with love and care, and my grandfather, Robert, who was something like a poor millionaire. I am from mayonnaise sandwiches, government cheese, and red Kool-Aid. I am from backgammon, checkers, dominoes, beer, whist, and spades. I am from scared to spend food stamps at the grocery store because somebody might see. I am from Saturday morning cartoons and schoolhouse rock on black and white TVs. I am from riding the bus all day on Sunday because I had a super transfer. I am from always addressing my elders by saying yes, ma'am, and yes, sir. I am from spending holidays with family and friends, from getting whooped with the leather belt, promising never to do it again, from fish fries on Friday and your mama jokes. I am from Bud Billiken Parade's Taste of Chicago and weed smoke. I am from fried grits, cinnamon toast, and clean out the refrigerator soup. I am from Captain Crunch, Corn Flakes, Rice Krispies, and Fruit Loops. I am from Slinkies, Light Brights. Easy Bake Others and Roller Skates. I am from Go After Your Dreams because it's never too late. I am from Earth, Wind, and Fire, Parliament, Funkadelic, Phil Collins, and Billy Joe. I am from Don't Ask Me No Questions, Just Do As You Told. I am from You're Gonna Sit At This Table Until All Your Food Is Gone. I am from You Better Get Yourself Together Because The Show Must Go On. I am from U-G-L-Y, you ain't got no alibi when men and big girls, they don't cry. I am from Catch a Boy, Kiss a Boy, Duck, Duck, Goose, and Bike Ride. I am from Neighbors Looking After One Another and Black Pride. I am from Record Players Disguised as Huge Pieces of Furniture in the Living Room. I am from Sony Walkman's Head-to-Head ColecoVision and Straw Booms. I am from Saints and Sinners, Losers and Winners, Pros and Beginners. I am from combing my mother's hair with sugar and Vaseline from by the time I get home, my house better be clean. I am from getting out your own destiny and living out your dreams because where I'm from made me who I am today, so I wouldn't change the thing about where I'm from. Mm, where shout I'm down. from. I, that, was, that was a shout out to you. <laughs> shout down. Wow. Yeah, boy. Shout all day. Wow. <laughs> Well, we truly enjoyed that piece. Well, listen, yeah, we're going to come did. 
back to you, Dr. Sharonda. But right now we're going to wrap up the um, exclusive interview with GPA, okay. Greatest Port Alive. And thank you, thank you, of course, for sharing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, GPA, this is that time when we never say goodbye to our favorites. And, of course, you're on that list. So we're not saying goodbye. We're just transitioning, and we're saying we thank you for coming. Please come thank again. You. That's what we're saying. Thank um, you so much. <laughs> Let me just uh, shout out to everybody. Um, if you like mystery, thrillers, or suspense, check out the number one book of mystery, thrillers, suspense, uh, The Warmest Winter. It's available on Amazon right now um, and also at blowyourmind.net and the accompanying book of poetry, The Warmest Winter, the poetry collection as well. Thank you so much, uh, Francine Queen. Thank you for having me. I greatly appreciate y'all having me again. Thank you. Thank you. It's been an honor and a great pleasure. Queen, uh, make sure you friend me on Facebook. I don't know if we are friends or whatever, but if not, please friend me on the James Gordon. Anybody who will have to listen, if you'd like to, Please friend me on the James Gordon. I, I love the friendship. We can keep the network going. Everybody, peace and love, and uh, be careful out here, and be productive. Thank you. Yes, and best of success to you with all your forthcoming projects. Keep us posted as well. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Safe oh. travels. You. Good night. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was Greatest Poet Alive, a.k.a. James Gordon. And I'm just going to share some contact information for those of you who may not already know. If you're in the chat room, I did post the link where you can go to on Reverb Nation. You can go to www.reverbnation.com backslash GPA Greatest Poet Alive, when you go to that link, you will see there's a series. There's several of GPA's poetic uh, uh, pieces, literary art pieces that are featured there, and you can hear him reciting them live. You don't want to miss out on that experience. I guarantee you it's going to inspire you. And if you're a writer, it's going to inspire your pen to advance further in writing. Um, And for those of you who are on Facebook, you can send a friend request to James Commissioner Gordon. I repeat, James Commissioner Gordon, because I'm telling you, um, this poet is like no other. GPA is his title for a reason. Again, that GPA stands for Greatest Poet Alive. He is not just boasting, ladies and gentlemen, he is representing. I tell you, he's always, always working on a project. Um, I think the last time when we had him on the panel of the Exceptional Scribble Show, um, it was the book project, the children's book project uh, that was being worked on at that time. And it was truly an honor to um, uh, uh, hear him as he was sharing his passion as a writer and also why um, he wrote that book for children because he had gone through um, experiences as a child and having been a child that was um, uh, not without being ridiculed because of being a dark complexion as well as 
being bullied because he was big, you know. He's not a little tiny, uh, small uh, guy. Um, so he underwent certain types of uh, bullying and experiences, and he uses writing. He uses a children's literature book to help children that will face that same um, negative adversity that he faced um, to help them, give them tips, provide them with tips, uh, provide them with a plan of action on how to overcome. And that's what it's all about, ladies and gentlemen. It's not about us advancing as a community of literary artists and not reaching back to the community and pulling forward those that maybe they can't reach as far as you can. Pulling them forward, letting them know that they are special too. And you're no different from them. There were just some choices maybe that you made that they did not and you can inform them on what those choices are and how they, too, can advance forward and, and achieve success. And with that said, I'm seeing our caller queue is filling up, and so we're, gonna, we're going to go to our caller queue. But before we do that, I'm going to hand the mic to Queen Nikki Ferdow Spears. She is the co-host, and she also is the business-savvy CEO of Business Solutions. I'm going to hand her the mic at this time, and she's going to give some information. And when the mic is handed back to me, I'm going to fill everyone in because now we're going into our open forum discussion. This is when we're going to be talking on a specific topic, but we're also going to be sharing our poetry and passion and love for writing at this time. Queen Nikki, the mic is now in your hands. Well, first thing that you are just doing just a fabulous job from week to week. Oh, the thank you. The switchboard, the music, the social media. Like, I am just so proud of you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're making, wait a minute, let me let me get the Kleenex now and, and dab, dab, dab the corners, my eyes, and okay, go ahead. <laughs> Yes, I mean, you do everything so smoothly. I appreciate your support. I tell you, I couldn't do this by myself, you know. Um, It's definitely a team effort. I want to thank you because I share in this experience with you, and you have really inspired me and you motivate me always uh, with the business savvy that you have. You, You keep me up to speed with things as far as social media and how to manipulate and and navigate using social media um, for what it's worth and so many other things. I can refer to you about a lot, and I'm, of course, going to be referring others to you because there's so many artists out here that don't have a clue when it comes to the business side um, of what we're doing um, and promotions. They, they, you know, that's where they're lacking and I, I can identify with that because I'm learning. I'm in school and learning um, what that uh, all entails and learning a lot from you, Queen Nikki. So I'm definitely one that will constantly be putting your name out there. So as the people come to you, just know I'm sending them in love. <laughs> I don't want to bombard you because <laughs> I know you're already busy. You're in school. You're doing so much. <laughs> Well, it's it's a beautiful thing, and it shows, I tell you, it definitely shows mm-hmm. that you are learning 
from me that you have learned. And I, there is no greater tribute that I can have to my service than to have someone like yourself saying, this works for me, and thank you. I mean, that speaks volumes. So I want to say, everyone, please follow us on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at EXScribble Show on Twitter, and we follow back. And also you can keep keep up with us on our fan page at The Exceptional Scribble Show on Facebook. You can currently catch us there. And also on the fan page and on the Twitter, let us know what you're reading. Let us know what book is inspiring you or moving you or what music, what craft, what literary form has you going today. We would love to hear from you. It's not just about us, but it's about promoting literacy and sharing the work of others. So... Um, yes, as for business solutions, I want to say we are. I am eager to unveil that we have worked on a brand identity package. We believe very firmly in marketing and branding, and so many and my graphic and web design team have come up with something phenomenal. So if you need any assistance with branding, if you have no clue. Please, please, please call us. I'm just going to give the number, 832-233-9407. Look me up on Facebook. Say, hey, please help, and we will be more than glad to help you win. Mm. Wonderful, wonderful. Thanks. Thank you, Queen Nikki. I tell you, you are truly a community builder as well as a community helper and community leader, and we thank you for sharing that vital, essential information with everyone tonight. And um, what we're going to do is, Queen Nikki, are you with us for the next, let's say, 30 minutes or so? Yes, I I can definitely be on the the 30 minutes. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Well, we're going to come back to you. We're going to move on to our caller queue because we have a couple of callers. They're ready to... um, be invited to speak. Welcome, Master Scribe. Mr. Boston is in the Exceptional Scribble Show House tonight. Welcome. You know I had to come by and see my baby, the love of my life. You know I had to come and touch her <laughs> spirit. You know what I'm saying? You know I had to come and rub her like that that, that genie in the lamp, you know. <laughs> okay. Queen Nikki, I'm sure he's sending you this love message tonight, and what do you say to reciprocate? I receive it, I receive it, and I send it back to you. Oh, hello. You caught caught my pre-scientific move, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) Thank you, Master Scribe. It's always an honor. I'm, I'm always humbled whenever you come through because you have uh, such a presence, such a prominence about your pen and just who you are, your very soul. Um, Would you like to, because now we're getting into our open forum uh, discussion, and I would love for you to kick it off. Our topic is finding your niche as a writer. Would you happen to have some good advice to relay 
to all of let, our writers let me, tonight. Let me let me let me say that if if you're gonna write and you're mm-hmm. going to be a writer, research your topic, not just the surface of your topic, but delve deeper into your topic mm-hmm. and write write don't write what other people say, write from what you understand that other people are saying. Saying, and yeah. that's and that's why you know a lot of people say, "Man, you write too deep," and it's because it's my own understanding of what I read and how I read it. You know, and a few words that I, I use very choice words when I write, and a lot of times, you know, especially when when people are writing erotic. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, a lot of people always ask me, how do you write your erotic in such a way? The whole course of erotic is to lead the person, draw the person into your right, draw that person into the right. Then when you get to the end, they're going to say, oh, that's what he said. Okay, I'm following him now, you know. So I I use very choice words, so I won't have to use the P words and the B words and the D words, you know what I'm saying? That's my whole concept of leave all of those words out. So mm-hmm. you can make the person think about it for a minute. Oh, did he? What did he say? And then make that person go get the dictionary. Oh, that's what he said. Oh, okay. Because a lot of my my writings delve into sensuality and sexuality. Uh, and I, I, I write it in such a way that at the same time, it's teaching you something, and then uh, and at another level, it's giving you a message. And and sometimes I come from that spiritual, sensual place, and sometimes I just come mm-hmm. from that carnal, sensual place, but without using the words. But study your topics and write and read the topic carefully and understand what the topic is saying or what you want to say and put it in your own words. Mm. That's the key. That's, That's the key. it. You have to. You have to. I mean, you can That's you can write off the top of your head all day long, you mm-hmm. know, but you want to you want to always try to send some kind of message in a positive way, and always try to build in a positive way. And that's the key to writing. You can write all day long, you know, and and say a million different things, you mm-hmm. know, uh, but. Always try to weave a message, a positive message inside your rights, you know, because everybody is reading them, and, you know, and you you're, you'll run across a few people, and it's, oh, that's so negative, you know, that's so negative, and then they're going to tell the next person, I don't like his rights because he writes something negative all the time, you know. I write to entertain, teach, and make you go to the dictionary. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. I agree really, with that, Master Scribe. Yeah, to really get a grasp on what I'm saying in my right, sometimes you have to go to the dictionary because I use words that people don't use mm-hmm. every day. Right, and exactly. The they don't. I, yeah, and the reason why I use the words that I use because these words, some schools don't teach these words, and you need to Get these words, understand these words, because if you, I'm going to say it like this, if you're going to vote Mm -hmm. and you're voting off of what somebody else said and you ain't heard the speaker speak, 
Mm. You know, you your vote really don't mean nothing because you might be voting for something that's going to kill you later on down the line. That's right. You feel me? So well, you got to understand. You got to understand. My father always told me. He says, study the dictionary, study mm. books, read them. You know, because what the politicians or what a banker might be saying or what a politician might be saying or a governor might be saying is not what they teach you in school. Mm-hmm. So yeah, my father always told me what you should be able to go stand with a banker and hold a conversation with a banker. Mm-hmm. You should be able to go stand with a politician and hold a conversation with a politician. He's always said that since I was five years old, and he mm. taught me a lot. You know, because what you think they're saying, they are not saying. So this is the reason why I use the words that I use. So it's teaching you, go to that dictionary and look up that word and get a grasp of what that word is saying. Because if you don't, you're never going to really understand the piece, period. That's true. That's right. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Thank, thank you so much for uh, kicking off the Open Forum Discussion Hour with that with what you shared because that was vital information. And, yes, it's for every writer, whether you're a beginner, whether you're intermediate at that level, um, or whether you're expert. It's good advice, something that you can use today and tomorrow and for the future, I guarantee you. Thanks again. We're going to come back to you, of course, because we definitely want to hear some poetry, too, within the hour. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so we will be back to you. Thanks again, Master Scribe. Mm-hmm. Welcome. We have North Georgia on the call. Welcome, North Georgia. Hey, how's it going over there? Oh, fine. Thank you. Please um, reintroduce yourself. I don't want to get your name wrong, and I want our listening audience to hear your name in full. So please give your full name and share a little information about yourself. And we're talking about finding your niche as a writer. And then um, after you give your name, a little information about yourself, please share your thoughts and and your um, opinion about finding your niche as a writer. And thank you. Well, how's it going, everybody out there? This is the big, dark, impetuous fury. Uh, you know, B-I-double-G. Mm-hmm. Dr. Petrus Fury calling in, supporting the show, supporting artists, entrepreneurs, authors, writers, you know, communicators, people like that in that field. Abroad, you know. And what I do is I just communicate and express myself towards a lane of of creating my own situation where I'm comfortable at doing what nobody wants to do or speaking or saying what I want to say, or saying it or enunciating words that a speed or a direction that nobody wants to exude, whether it's taking this hip-hop or this originality. I do what I do. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I do. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Are you more in the lines of a freestyle poet? Is that a classification that you would declare about yourself? I've been freestyle. Mm-hmm. And I think pretty fast, and I can think of a few words or or thoughts. Oh, okay, yeah, because that's the flow that I'm getting when I hear you. I I feel that it's not like it's something scripted, something that you took time and you wrote down. It's just coming from you. 
from your yeah. soul, your I mind, your spirit. I just mm-hmm. express what I feel. I can think for you. Everybody can do that. You know? Now, do you have a specific genre when you uh, spit your poetry? Like, is there a specific theme? Is it um, just consciousness? Pretty much, or is it um, a variety of things? Is it sometimes erotica, um, uh, sometimes um, we have those that write like uh, mist, uh, more of like the uh, um, murder type, um, or or I guess you could say horror. Then there's some that write. It's it's always in narrative form, pretty much. They're storytelling. What genre would you say? Best fit you that you wear as a poet and write. I would say uh, hardcore, thought provoking, uh, in your face. Oh, okay, uh, okay. So that's the consciousness poet. You're more the the consciousness poet. Well, yeah. I, I love your poetry. I really do. I love your vibe, mm-hmm. um, your freestyle flow, and um, I I love what you say. You always give us food for thought. You don't just um, Bit good poetry. You always give us food for thought. And um, what we're going to do is we're going to come back to you. Yeah. We're going to hear some more fine poetry from you. And thanks for what you shared about finding your niche as a writer. Thank you. You're welcome. It's all good to be talking for this year. I'll be speaking to everybody out there. Peace. And we'll be talking really soon, emphatically. Excellent. We'll be back to you. Thanks. Thank you. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that was B double I. Um, double G, B-I-double-G, big. And um, I'm going to let, we're going to come back to him because I tell you, this that poet is definitely hardcore. He's raw. He's going to tell you the truth. And he does not sugarcoat telling the truth, okay? So he's going to come at you. It's going to be blatant. It's going to be bold in your face, Okay? You're not going to be able to run and hide from his words, I'm telling you. He's going to find you with his pen every time. I love that poet. Okay, now we're going to West Tennessee. Welcome, West Tennessee. Welcome to the Exceptional Scribble Show. Hello, good evening. Yes, is this Bishop Pete, the poet who knows it? No other can tell it the way he does. Welcome. (laughs) Wow. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's been a little time, but you know, we know we understand. You're busy. You're hosting, right? Yes, I do. I do some hosting on Sundays. Uh, okay, week. please give that information out for our listening audience, and thank you. Yes, um, I, I host, uh, co-host the Epiphany Radio Family. Thank uh, mm-hmm. you on Sunday at six o'clock, eight o'clock p.m. and um, I invite you all to all the listeners and hearers of the spoken word. We do inspire others and mm-hmm. we respect the mic and we honor uh, all poets uh, just as you. And Wonderful. So, Thank you. Yes, yes, I am so very honored by you too as well. So, <laughs> so Thanks. Yes, I tell you. Me. Well, we definitely want you to spit a piece before we go to um, our mm-hmm. caller from Louisiana, and um, yeah, okay. Okay. and then also um, before you spit a poem, if you could share, uh, we would love for you to sh- share information.
with everyone. Uh, we have a topic tonight, finding your niche as a writer, and we'd like for you to share with our listeners on how they can come about finding their niche. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And then you can spit your poem afterwards. Thanks. Thank you, thank you. Um, I I listened to um, um, Mr. Boston. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Boston gave some, some good detail and uh, for the conscious writer that wants to write and to be a writer and come to understanding of the words and the meaning, mm-hmm. the definition, yeah, yes, and the depth. And you have to have that concept about what, whatever you're writing about. And, yes, you know, the, the, the facts, because some people we get nonfiction and fiction twisted, you know. So mm. Okay. <laughs> yes. So you have to know what's real and what's not real mm-hmm. to get understanding about what someone is saying and you, and you do have to have a ear to the word you know when I try to hear that word in my mind in my inner ear when I uh, write that word or, or or this word that sounds like one word but means has another meaning to it you know so I want the reader to be able to follow me too as well you know yeah. from the beginning to the end and so that's what I suggest to uh, uh, to a person that would love to write and to learn the basics of uh, uh, the craft of liter- literacy and the literature and the language in which we speak because it translates into uh, a lot of meaning. But it all, you know, we speak different languages, but it translates all into one meaning, if I understand it, yes. So. Mm, okay. Okay. That's yeah. awesome right there. I love that. What you said, you said much. You spoke volumes just with that one line statement right there. It's in translation. We've got to make certain that when we're spitting our poetry or when we're reciting our poetry, uh, that it can be clearly understood. I mean, what good is it if the listening audience aren't able to interpret the message. It's a lost cause, ladies and gentlemen. So let's make sure we're using the right words. Let's make sure that we know what the meaning is of the word, and we're not just putting it in because it rhymes. You know, you have poets that always like to rhyme. But keep in mind, not every word that rhymes may fit within that verse. It may not be the best fit in a specific verse. So take your time, use that dictionary as Master Scribe suggested, and or I'll, I'll go even further to say you need a thesaurus, ladies and gentlemen. I have both. Make certain that you have a thesaurus as well, not just a dictionary. That's good for the lexicon and for the meaning, um, you know, a pronunciation guide. That's all great. But along with that, your thesaurus is important. Because with that thesaurus, you find out how many other words you can use that have the same meaning of the one word that you're considering using. Because there may be another word other than the word that you have in mind that may be a best fit for that verse. So come on, let's help ourselves. Let's let's support our pens, ladies and gentlemen. Let's be more of a support to our craft and uh, mastery 
in order to master the craft, you've got to use the proper tools. So we're just making sure everyone out there understands there are certain tools we need to have in our toolbox as scribes, as writers, literary artists. Let's keep it right there, ladies and gentlemen. Let's keep the tools. Let's stay equipped. Now we're going to hear from Bishop Pete, and he's representing Epiphany Radio. He is definitely hosting on Sundays. Is that correct? Yes, ma'am. Yes, the mic is in your hands. Share with us a poem from your poetry vault, because we know you got one ready for us. Thank you. The title of this piece is Black Train. Black Train. And it reads, Breaking through what seems to be the unbreakable, the links of shackles and slave names, the generation tree and the slave trade got us all together broken in pieces. Now we got a me and Solid back together, a strong chain to last forever. Black chain, black chain, chain us back together, hand in hand across this land. Make a stand as a king, black man. Women, show queen of yourselves. Be queen for a king. That's the wealth. We got to go together, stick together as we break free the black chain, the black chain that we may be unchained to awaken minds to, to the black chain link. Open up black eyes to see, eyes to eyes, the only way to be strong mm. is to be, huh, no big U's and no little eyes, one together, one forever, let no weapon formed against us, remember my name, black chain, remember my name, black chain, black chain, remember my name, I hear the Shackling of Negro spiritual scenes down in my soul, unlocking the chain bound, torturous sounds of men, women, and children live that lay down, but not before passing the key to the blackness, purpose, and plan to uncuff us. The black chain. That's the piece. Well, 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 the black chain. I'll tell you, I, li- I, I really like the flow, the message was clear. Um, and I just want to encourage you to keep doing what you love. Keep that pen in your hand and keep spitting epic poetry. That's what you do. And um, if you have the uh, chance, please post that poem on the Exceptional Scribble Show episode 55 events page. I would love for everyone to be able to see it and read it there. Thanks so much. Thank you all. And we'll come back to you. We will definitely come back to you. Thanks for the information shared as well. Thank you, Bishop Pete. (laughs) Hello? Thank you, Bishop Pete. (laughs) Thank you, Nikki. I love you. Love you, too. Yeah, peace. Well, Queen Nikki, um... Do you have a few more minutes, or is this near your wrap-up time for being alongside me on the panel tonight? I have a few more minutes. Okay, wonderful. Well, I want to allow for you for the next few minutes. How much? Would that be five minutes? That would be about ten minutes. Oh, okay. 
So this is what we'll do. We'll go to Southwest Louisiana, and then we'll come back to you, and then I'll have you at that time to share any final uh, thoughts or comments that you have for tonight. Okay. Thank you. Welcome to the Exceptional Scribble Show, Episode 55. This is the host, Fran the Sage Poet, and I'm opening the caller lines at this time. If you would like to speak, ladies and gentlemen, after you've called in, this is what you need to do. Please press the star key and then number eight on your phone key, key on your phone keypad. That is, again, press the star key and then the number eight. But don't do it until you have joined the call. For those of you who don't have the call in number, here is that number. It's seven two four 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 seven four four four. I repeat, seven two four. Four 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 seven four four four, and the show's ID number. Please enter the call ID number, which is one three three one nine three. I repeat, one three three one nine three. After that, you'll be invited to uh, join the call using a key. If you do not have a key for TalkShoe.com, then you would just press number one, entering in. As a guest, you will join the chat room along with joining the call if you're on the computer. But if you're just on the call, you will join the call. And after you join the call and your mic is unmuted, please press the star key and then the number 8. After you've done that, I will see your hand is raised in the call queue and you will be invited to speak. Again, I'm now welcoming to the call. Southwest Louisiana. Welcome. Hello. Hi. Welcome. Please give your full name and share with everyone. If you are a poet or a spoken word artist, please share that information. And then if you have anything special that you do, whether you're a show host or whether you host an open mic venue in your uh, local town or city, uh, feel free to share that information. And again, welcome to the Exceptional Scribble Show. Okay, well, thank you. I am a newer poet. I've actually been writing poetry since I was a kid, but I mm. just got introduced to these poetry shows. I used to stay on Blog Talk Radio, but last week I got an invitation to come here and then to come back, so here I am. Oh, okay. And give yeah. your full name again for everyone, oh, please. I'm so sorry. I'm uh. On Facebook, I'm Sister Monica White. Okay. Um, my pen name is Monica Blanco. Uh, some people know me as that. Uh, I've mm-hmm. been writing a book, and um. Oh well, not... definitely share that information because we promote literacy on this panel, and that is a part of the mission of this show. So we definitely need you to share your book information. And thank you. Yes, it is. Um. Musings by Monica, and I do have a um a page for it. I guess you could say a fan page, and I have mm-hmm. about five hundred or so um people following me. And I don't guess I'm not that popular yet. I'm really terribly shy, and uh, I do do spoken word. I was featured on Fourth Invasion, uh on the premiere show um about a month ago. And uh, oh, okay. I have not really gotten into much 
yet. Uh, like I said, I'm I'm pretty shy. I've spoken on a show or two here and there and shared some of my work. I am a spoken word artist, and mm-hmm. that started in high school, but it ended abruptly as it started. And um, I guess that's just about it. I don't have anything else really going. I'm trying to get that book out, hopefully by the end of the year. Okay. Well, we applaud you on that statement right there. You are definitely uh, showing that you are um, you're going for it. You're reaching for something. You're soon to launch a book. Uh, we know what that entails for those of us who are writers and published authors. We know that it is a journey. So we definitely definitely want to applaud you and commend you on your efforts in doing that successfully. And, of course, at 10 o'clock, usually that's the publishing tips hour, and we have our co-host and facilitator, Queen Deporah Thelman, that will be joining us at that time. And um, if you have any questions about publishing, you can receive good answers here at that time, okay? Okay, I'll be looking forward to it. Wonderful. And we will definitely come back to you. Okay. Thanks for joining us tonight. At this time, we're going back to the co-host of the Exceptional Scribble Show, our business-savvy queen, Queen Nikki Taplin, who is the CEO of Business Solutions. And she's otherwise known as Queen Nikki Ferdow Spirit because she is a life-giving spirit. And when you hear her poetry, you'll understand why she has that name. Welcome back, Queen Nikki. Well, <laughs> make me bless. Um, I want to say, if you are in the Chicago area, there is a show May 9th. It is the most hilarious show. It is an all-star comedy lineup, nothing but headliners. <laughs> I can't touch, but Tony Roberts, who was known for mm. uh, Unique Gladney, <laughs> um, Kier Dunya Spake of the Steve Harvey Morning Show, Nephew Tommy, and some of his Jimmy characters from the Nephew, I mean, from the Steve Harvey Morning Show, and Prescott Gilliam, who also runs his own comedy club. Y'all, this show has been getting nothing but four and a half and five star reviews from state to state. It is called the People Inside My Head Comedy Tour. These guys are trying to bust Go ahead and go get your gut busting. You need a good laugh with everything that's going on. I want to say also let us keep our brothers and our sisters and our mothers and our fathers that are in the midst of the riot in our prayers, mm-hmm. um, guys. Um, whether you understand it or not, whether you will agree with it or not, I think we can all agree that the, that there are some issues that are still prevalent and the anger, the tension that is felt, whether it is misguided or misdirected, whatever you may think, that it is, it's a rightful intensity, and there's a rightful anger. Mm-hmm. And we're all affected. 
We may not be directly affected, but we are all affected. And injustice to one is an injustice to all. We're all affected. We can't just sit yeah. by the sidelines and say, well, it's not me. It is absolutely you. It's me. It's all of us. Those yes, indeed. And I support everyone. Oh, my goodness, it was a joy to hear GPA. I have not heard GPA in a while. So it was yes. a pleasure to hear about his journey, what he's doing now, to be in the background of him, you know, to literally be on the set of him acting um, while he's doing the show. Mm-hmm. So I've enjoyed right. everyone calling <laughs> in. Um, I want to say to the lady that just called in, that's new sister, um, young lady, just go ahead and continue to enjoy your pen. Enjoy your Wonderful, pen. wonderful. I tell you, Queen Nikki, I want to thank you for your words. Um, I was going to go there right after you, so I want to thank you for taking us all there because we definitely want to remember our uh, friends and the very city of Baltimore at this time. For some of us, we have family there. I know I do. I have some family in the city as well as in the suburbs of Baltimore and in the state of Maryland, and right now they are calling on us all for strength and for support. So, ladies and gentlemen, please send your prayers up on their behalf. Send the positive energy out there. Um, When you're spitting your poetry, do dedications and tributes to the people of that community because right now it's in an uproar. They're... they're, um, Going through a time right now that is not easy. This is a really hard situation to face. It's a it's a city divided, and yes, we need to keep them in our warm thoughts and loving prayers, ladies and gentlemen. Let us not forget them. And in honor of us doing that, I do want us to take a a moment of silence. And uh, during this moment of silence, uh, we just want to, for those of you who pray, this is a time for you to pray for the city of Baltimore, for the communities at this time, because they so need our prayers, our support, our Love, And I'm going to go as far as to say even our understanding, because right now what we saw, what we witnessed, what we've been seeing, what's being televised, what's being reported in the news, whether it's the newspaper, the press, or whether it's on the radio, what we're hearing, what we're witnessing is an outbreak. What the root cause is, that needs to be resolved. There's always factors for every cause, ladies and gentlemen, and for every cause there's an effect. So we want to definitely keep them in mind, let them know that we love them, we're in support of them, they're in our loving thoughts and in our loving prayers, and we're not giving up on them. We know that they can rebuild from this. Um, Even the mayor 
which is an African-American woman, a woman of color. We want to keep her in our prayers. She's under attack right now, a lot of persecution. Um, There's always going to be those who can say, well, you know, she could have handled things better. She could have done this differently. And no, we're not saying that that's not true, but we're saying right now we need to support her. She needs prayer. She needs support. And she needs the people speaking positive things, saying, well, what can happen? And I know some of us are familiar with this with the legend of the phoenix, knowing that beauty can come out of ashes. And we want to speak that into being about the city of Baltimore. And at this time, we're going to take a music break. And we want Queen Nikki Ferdow Spirit to know we love her. We thank her. Of course, as always, she graces the panel with such a blessedness and such a distinction as a woman. And a woman of color, formidable woman at that. She's always professional, and she's always prompt, and we love her. We love you, Queen Nikki, and we're going to play this. And we're going to play this song in honor of the city of Baltimore because we know that yes, beauty can come out of the ashes.
Yes, yes, yes. We got to unite people. We've got to unite. This is a time for unification. We're seeing what's happening in our world today. We can't just be spectators looking at what's going on and not being about it. We've got to be a part of the rebuilding, the renewal, and yes, it must become a priority in our lives, ladies and gentlemen. We can't just look at the situation and not get involved. And that's on every level, ladies and gentlemen, politics, um, spirituality, uh, the family, the home front, uh, the schools, the community. We've got to unite, and we've got to unite for the common cause, and that is to save humanity. If we don't come together on those terms, we're in trouble. We're doomed. We're damned, and we're done, ladies and gentlemen. With that said, we have some callers that are ready for me to come back to them. We're going to start going start in this order. We're going to go back to Master Scribe, a.k.a. Mr. Boston, uh, the lyrical genius. And then we're going to go to Dr. Sharonda Orridge, and then after that we're going to go to Southwest Louisiana, I believe that is Sister Monica. We're going to go to her. And then we're going to go to B-double-I-G-B-I-double-G. I'm always saying the name wrong. I apologize, sir. You know I have the utmost respect for you and your pen. Please accept my humble apology. We're going there, and then we're going to West. Tennessee, Bishop Peep, and if we do change the order, I will make an announcement on that change because I will only change the order if it's necessary. Welcome, welcome back, Master Swive. Welcome back, a.k.a. Mr. Boston. Welcome back. Hey, 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 hey. Y'all make sure y'all come out Sunday night to the Full Purpose Pen Show at 8.30 on the DSR Fire Eating Network. Yes, indeed. Yeah, when we celebrate my birthday with um, Melissa Yevelton as the guest host, co-host. So y'all mm-hmm. make sure y'all come out Sunday night and enjoy my birthday with me. We're going to bring some Isley Brothers in in the building, you know, with that old school jam. Y'all know y'all come on out and enjoy the <laughs> old school jam while we light the candles and blow the candles out and so on and so forth and have some poetry, some poetry fun on my birthday. Wonderful, wonderful. Thanks for inviting us. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you've been invited. So, hey, you know, let's follow up. Let's be there, and let's be there on time. Show our love and support. And each and every one of y'all are invited May 15th to come to Boston, if you choose, to watch me walk across the stage to get my first degree Mm. and go forward on into my second degree. So, Y'all guys, come on if y'all want to. Just give me heads up that you come in, you know, so we can do some arranging and arrangements and so on and so forth. Excellent. my inbox if you choose. So y'all come through, you know, and enjoy enjoy the moments. You know what I'm having a good time passing over in from 
56 to 57, and that's a beautiful thing. Man, I've accomplished what I set out to accomplish, and now I'm going to the next goal to accomplish that's the next Indeed. Wonderful. And I'm glad because you've been sharing with us the importance of educating your mind and the importance of research and study and how when we're discussing about finding your niche as a writer, it takes that. And and I want to thank you for making uh, those statements, those bold statements and true statements because so many times people think, oh, I can just do this, you know, I can just wing it. You know, some things in life you can but when we're talking about finding your niche, that means finding what you were born to do as a writer. Um, it's going to take a lot more study than that. You can't just wing it. Um, yes, we do understand that you got to do you, and, and, and it comes from the soul and the spirit, but it also comes from the mind. So that's where the intellect has to be nurtured. It has to be endowed, and and it takes research and study for that to happen. So, Master Scribe, if you can just touch on that a little further, um, the importance of finding your niche, but how to go about doing that as a writer. I'm I'm going to say this much. Mm -hmm. You were born with much. When you came through your mother's womb, God gave you everything Mm -hmm. that you have to prevail in life and grow in life, but you have to dig inside yourself and cultivate what's inside of yourself. And when you come to the niche of what you are and who you are, then you go back and you research who you are and what you are in order to grow. You cannot grow without feeding your mind and your intellect, or you will remain stagnant in that Mm -hmm. one area of life. Remember I said that if you don't feed your mind and your intellect, Mm. you will remain stagnant to where you at because you will never learn how to cultivate what God gave you upon birth, Mm. period. Mm -mm -mm. It's fact. Excellent. Excellent. We we commend you on that. And now we want to hear your poem, and then um, I'm going to introduce to the mic next uh, my co-host, Queen Zipporah Thelman, because now we're touching on the publishing tips hour. And, yes, we will still have poetry read, but we're going to work that in within the facilitating of Queen Zipporah. So welcome, Queen Zipporah. We will be coming to you in about two minutes. We're going to hear a poem first by Master Scribe, a.k.a. Mr. Boston. Mr. Boston, the mic is in your hand. I unzip my first skin and then my second skin appears. Nothing to be played with, I'm pure seriousness out of fairness. Absorbing mental oxygen through my skin rather than needing to spit it directly, but you need a verbal understanding. Did you read the movement of my lips? Unzipped. Oh, don't get it twisted. I'll tell you my sins. I am a person for a moment of my life. Unzipped. Let me cut through this thick air. Unzipped. Not a fool or a trick. Watch each movement of my lips trace across your mind. And if you don't want to listen, then don't let me impede on your time. 
But I understand why you look upon me in a negative way because of the color of my skin and the color of my eyes. Yeah, I'm white and black. But I respect that strong melon surprise hung in the air. But excuse me if you want the truth. I am black as ever on the inside. Nothing different from you, and the color of my skin is be- of your skin is beautiful too. All I'm saying, if you ladies will excuse me, is that your curiosity is unbearable because of something from all that has been told you. But I unzipped just for you so you can see who I am. Not ever what you think I should be. You see, no matter what I do, I can never fulfill your expectations. I just want to be your friend and understand the things that bothers you about me. So we gain in together to build trust and confidence. Next time, think before you ask me to unsettle. You will only see the flip side of you, the person you fail to acknowledge, because I acknowledge you. But at the same time, you need to see that who you are is who you are to this day. That's the flip side of the unzipped being pulled of advantage and disadvantage. Can you understand? Don't let my skin color affect your day-to-day well-being. I'm your sister from another mother. Accept me as I accept you. I don't have to be proud or boast about myself or my background to know who and what I am. The fact of the matter is I unzip me for you for a clearer understanding of we are one. Don't let the color barrier be a misunderstanding, and I won't try to persuade you of my sincerity. Before we take this to its logical conclusion, once you have arrived to the point of being with no regret to questioning yourself or one's morals, let us ponder the irony of understanding the truth of this matter. I am not your enemy. I'm the best friend you never had. See, beautiful black ladies, Limitations and hard knocks are often an incentive to great things. Do I know what it's like to be black? I do not. Is attacking white privilege going to change that? No. Is there a better way to get whites to understand what it means to be black? Yes. Then you can understand why I unzip my white face. So don't ask me to apologize for being born better than some people and worse than other people. If you want me to understand what it's like to be black, Attacking me for being white isn't the way to do it. I will just prove it to you as I did, unzipped, for you to teach me about you so we can have unity to treasure our trust. Unzipped. In peace. Mm, unzipped. Wow. Awesome. Uh, the delivery was emphatic and done with strong conviction. You lived that poem. I know you lived that poem. Um, I love that. Love that. I appreciate your pen. I appreciate uh, your the word usage, the verbal discourse, and it was done respectfully. Yeah. Uh, you didn't bash yeah. any ethnic group or any uh, persuasion or any class. You told what was truth from your perspective, and as a black man, and you spoke on. The fact being that you're not going to deviate from being who you are. And that was awesome. I thought you did a fine job. Now, um, we're going to come back to you. We're definitely going to come back to you. 
Um, you're definitely one of our favorites. You know that. <laughs> and um, we're going to be back with you. We're uh, now changing lanes at this time. Okay? So bear with us, and thank you again for that awesome piece. Thank you, Master Scribe. Welcome to the panel, The Exceptional Scribble Show. This is my co-host, ladies and gentlemen. She is Queen Zipporah Thelman. She is the one that does the facilitating during this hour, which is the Publishing Tips Hour. And what we're doing, because we are celebrating National Poetry Month, we have some poets that are in the call of queue. So about, we're going to take like 10-minute increments after about 10 minutes of facilitation Queen Zipporah will go to a poet, and then after that we'll come back to you. Um, we just want to make sure that we have our poets able to spit that are on for the hour, okay? All right. Welcome, Queen Zipporah. The mic is now in your hand. All right. Good evening, everyone. This is Queen Zipporah Selman, co-host of Exceptional Scribble, episode 55. Hello to all in Radio Land. And tonight... Uh, first of all, how are you doing, Queen Fran? Oh, um, thank you. I am doing well. It's a pleasure to be here tonight, and we had a wonderful time. We had GPA, otherwise known as the greatest poet alive, in the spotlight as the feature artist tonight. And as a matter of fact, for our first 10-minute uh, break, the first uh, person's voice that we'll be hearing will be GPA's, and we'll hear him spit a piece, and this is a live recorded session. Thank you. All right. You're welcome. And I did hear GPA. I was listening to, you know, unzip poems. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, indeed. All right. So tonight I'm going to be talking about publishing tips. And I have, you know, two pieces of information. The first, yeah. one, yes, the first one is titled Between the Pages. And it's by literary agent Molly Jaffa on reading, representing, and international rights. And the website for it is mollyjaffa.blogspot.com forward slash 2013 forward slash 11, the number 1111, the dash truth, the dash about dash being dash editorial dash agent dot html. All right, so the article is as follows. The truth about being an editorial agent. Lately, I've heard more and more writers say that they want an editorial agent. Long gone is the notion that an agent's duties are limited to finding the right editor, yelling, show me the money, and negotiating a contract, though all of that is really fun. In our increasingly competitive publishing world, it's not uncommon for agents to put extensive editorial work into projects before submitting them to editors. We want each manuscript to be as strong as possible before we send it out because it increases the chances that the project will sell. Yes, there are plenty of good agents who take a more hands-off approach, and there are many great authors who prefer it that way. That's A-OK, too. But the influx of writers wanting a more editorial agent makes me happy. I consider myself to be one so, hey, more awesome writers for me. The idea of working with an agent who wants to help you elevate your already great manuscript to the whoa 
level before going on a submission can sound good in theory. And in practice, it can and should be extremely rewarding for both agent and editor. That said, it's not always kumbaya round the fire in editorial agent land. Before you decide to query or silence a self-proclaimed, quote, editorial agent, end quote, you should know what that entails. If the mm. below doesn't if the below doesn't sound bad to you, or better, if it sounds fantastic, great. If the reality makes you want to head for the hills, though, you might prefer an agent who leaves the craft aspect to you, which is also a valid choice. Regardless of where you stand, have this discussion before you sign with an agent. So let's comment with the truth truthiness. Truth number one: you won't always agree. I love my clients, and sometimes I feel like we share a brain, but that's not always the case. When I offer representation, I usually mention a few overarching editorial ideas I have for the project. I'm not going to go into tons of detail, though. That's something I reserve for our first editorial letter. My thoughts on your manuscript will change throughout the revision process, just like yours do, and I will almost certainly float some ideas during revisions that weren't discussed in that first phone call. If there's an aspect of your novel that you know you absolutely will not rethink under any circumstances, the call would be a good time to float that point by your potential agent. Mm. Otherwise, <clears throat> otherwise, assume all aspects of your novel are up for discussion post-signing. Quote, discussion, end quote, is just that, though, a discussion, not a command or a deal-breaker. Hopefully, it's productive, lively, and illuminating for both author and agent. Obviously, your agent loves your manuscript the way it is, or they wouldn't have signed you as a client. But that doesn't mean we won't ask them to the killing a darling at some point. Sometimes, major character issues or plot holes don't reveal themselves until after the first revision. Sometimes, we might need two or three rounds to work it out, and that's hard to predict from the initial phone call. Unfortunately, we both want the same thing, for the book to be successful and still true to the author's vision. In my experience, this sometimes tough process is actually great preparation for when a book sells and an author works with an editor for the first time. They've already been through it with me, and I like to think that that they're a little more prepared for it. Proof number two, it's all in the timing. Being an editorial agent means reading our author's work a lot. I read a manuscript once or twice before signing the author, and then I want to read it again once I need to write that first editorial letter. Introducing new ideas to an author's baby is a responsibility I don't take lightly, so I need to be thorough and take my time. That nail-biting wait for your edit letter can be tough, I know, but it's better to give your agent time to really think his or her thoughts through. You don't want us doing a rush job on something that could end up shaping your manuscript. Mm. You also don't want to miss something important that would have been obvious had we read more carefully. When you get that letter, you might be really excited to dig in, revise, or send that manuscript off to your agent again. I can't emphasize this enough, though. It's okay to take your time. Not only does a rushed revision not do you any good, you might have regrets later, and it likely won't be your strongest work, but it can be a bit frustrating to your agent. 
When we spend dozens of hours reading your manuscript, taking copious notes, and formulating what's likely a multi-page edit letter, we want your best work in return. If you turn that revision around in a week or two, it's likely not quite there yet. There's also no way I, your agent, will have the brain space to read your book again that quickly. I need to be able to see your manuscript with fresh eyes each time I read, and the more times I read it, the harder it is to evaluate it from a first-time reader's or potential editor's perspective. Sometimes I have to say sorry, but as excited as I am to dive back into this, I think you need to take more time away from the project to see it clearly, and so do I. Waiting isn't fun, but at the end of the day, your book will hopefully be stronger for it. When your book sells, your editor won't be turning around your manuscript in a week or two, either because she also has many other projects on her list other responsibilities, and a need to cleanse her palate before diving back into your work. Also, she's human. Working with an editorial agent can be good preparation for this. Truth number three, submission. Before I sign a client, I'm always upfront about how my submission process works. We only get one chance to make a great first impression with your manuscript, and I don't want us to waste our bullets with something that's not ready. Nothing's ever perfect, and even something we've worked really hard on together may not go on to sell. If I know there's still more work to be done, I'm not hitting send yet. My -hmm. number one concern is launching your career successfully, and sometimes that means a little more tweaking. Do agents Mm -hmm. and authors sometimes disagree over what qualifies as, quote, ready, end quote? Sometimes, yes, though rarely. Do I know plenty of agents who have said, We've revised this 50 50 even times, and even though I think it needs more work, I'm getting the vibe that this author will fire me if I don't send it, so I'm going to send it to five people. Yes, and you don't want this because it doesn't tend to end with the sale. When you sign with an editorial agent, decide if you want this kind of feedback and be ready to have the what happens if we disagree conversation. In short, Having an agent who wants to work with you editorial may mean that it will take a while before you go on submission. It definitely means that communication is key. Personally, I love being an editorial agent. I adore working closely with my brilliant clients and helping to shape their work. Do we always agree at every stage of the revision process? Of course not. But at the end of the day, I know that if I make a suggestion, they trust me enough to evaluate carefully and will try to understand where I'm coming from, even if it's not part of their original vision. And I'll never ask them to make a change with which they don't agree because that wouldn't ring true and would hurt the manuscript. So while revising can be challenging, we always end up on the same page, and I hope we're both happier with the results. I know I am. In this crowded market, working with an editorial agent can give you an extra competitive edge. Plus, the editorial journey strengthens our agent-author relationship, sharpens our skills, and in the end, makes the book even better. The end of the article. Excellent. Thank you so very much, Queen Zipporah Thelman. What we're going to do is we're going to take a poetry break at this time. And we're going to hear a poem that was performed live by GPA, otherwise known as the Greatest Poet Alive. And he performed this at Tuesday Funk, number 64. So, ladies and gentlemen, tune in, listen attentively, and hear 
some fine art poetry by GPA. chocolate milk. I had in my chocolate chip cookie as well. 
left the sixth graders at my table. I smacked across my head. He says, you better have a nod. 12.40 comes. Mrs. Green comes down to pick us up, as she always does. Boys on the left, girls on the right. Today, I don't go back to class with them. Mrs. Green, Mrs. Green, my chocolate chip cookie didn't go down well. Can I go to the bathroom? I'm one of the more behaved students, so she allows me this privilege without the use of a pass. Says, hurry up, Mark. I said, okay. I don't have to use the bathroom. I head to the boys' bathroom, find the middle stall, creep up on the toilet stool, close the door, and I wait. A few minutes pass, and I look at my Batman watch. <laughs> Quick sidebar, I'm a Batman fanatic. <laughs> I look at my Batman watch. 1244, 1245, 1246. I hear the door swing open. He is on time. Every day after lunch, Eric goes to the bathroom at around 1244, 1245, 1246. He doesn't ask. He goes up to the desk, takes the pass, says, I'm going to the bathroom, and leaves. Mrs. Green, a diminutive lady, wants no confrontation with Eric, the bully who has failed the sixth grade twice. So he goes, I'm counting on this. He comes to the bathroom, takes the stall to my left, and proceeds to let out the most horrible noises. <laughs> I have never smelled brimstone, but I have been to New Jersey. <laughs> combination of those, so it must be from hell. <laughs> Obviously, no one ever taught Eric the dump and flush rule because it's just permeating. I cover my nose to protect myself. <laughs> A few minutes pass. Finally, thankfully, the flush. Eric leaves the stall. As he does so, I begin quietly removing my rubber ducky. Now, quick fact for anyone who doesn't know what a rubber ducky is. It is a giant rubber boot. It has buckles or it has a zipper. They're usually bigger than the size of your foot, and you can put a plastic bag. Anybody remembers this nose? You put a plastic bag over another shoe, you slide it in there. Water and snow cannot penetrate it. You are in there safely. I'm wearing those. I remove the right one. Step quietly off the stool, stealthily open the door. Eric is in the mirror, preening. Me forward. I 
suddenly I hear other noises, clapping, cheering, and realize I've been joined by my sixth-grade classmates. There are manicured fingernails on my shoulders. It is Mrs. Green asking me to get off of Eric. Mrs. Green is a grown woman. I am a sixth-grade boy, and today she is overmatched. Swinging. Swinging. The feeling of it all, how good it feels. Finally, other hands come, more powerful hands, to pull me off of Eric. But before they do, I lurch forward. I'm close to Eric like this. His eyes are wide with terror. In a voice that belies my sixth grade youth, guttural maybe, I say, from now on, every day, I want your chocolate milk. Well, 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 that was Greatest Poet Alive, and he gave an excerpt from his uh, children's literature book that is currently available. If you're able to go to Amazon.com on the Internet, you can find it there. And there is, of course, an ebook or Kindle edition available. You can go to Amazon.com. Again, the title name of the book is Hi, My Name is Bobo. And just to give a little more detailed information, uh, James Gordon is the author, and his pen name is Greatest Poet Alive. And um, hi, my name is Bobo. It's a warm, nostalgic reminiscence of childhood in a bygone era. There are no more Saturday morning cartoons today, but Bobo, the eponymous fifth grader who narrates this short, 40 pages um, to me watches and enjoys them. In fact, Bobo enjoys life in general, and that is the essential charm of his tale. It evokes an idealized version of childhood when a 10-year-old would spend his day playing with his friends rather than playing video games or going to the movies instead of watching DVDs or streaming videos. In its own way, this book is a kind of riff on Mark Twain's Tom Sawyer vision of boyhood, only minus the dark parts and Becky Thatcher. It's safe, which is very much the point. (laughs) And this is recommended um, for anyone to share with a child. And uh, I want to give kudos to Tom Stark, who did the book critique, which I just read for that book. But I do want to say to everyone, please go online. I did uh, post the information about the book, Hi, My Name is Bobo, by none other than James Commissioner Gordon, otherwise known as The Greatest Poet Alive. I posted the book on the Exceptional School Show event page. You can go there and find the information about how you can purchase the book, it's listed there. And this is Episode 55, so you would look under Episode 55. You can go on Facebook, that is, to The Exceptional Scribble Show, Episode number 55, and you'll find the information there. Or you can visit The Exceptional Scribble Show fan page. Yes, go to The Exceptional Scribble Show 
That's the title, The Exceptional Scribble Show. And you will uh, go to the fan page for this show. And on the fan page of the show, you will find the information is listed there about uh, the book in general. Okay, ladies and gentlemen? So don't delay. You can check it out. Check it out tonight. Check it out tomorrow. But check it out and don't miss out looking up the information. I guarantee you, you will be glad you did. Um, Now we're going back to Queen Zipporah Salmon, and she's going to share some more information with us about publishing. And then we're going to go to our poets. We have Dr. Sharonda. We have Monica, um, otherwise known as, uh, is it Monica? Monica? Uh, Blanca, I think that's her pen name, and we have Bishop P still with us, and we have B-I-double-G still with us. So we're going to be going to our poets. We're going to take 10-minute increments in between uh, Queens of Poor Thelma giving her publishing tips, and thank you, listening audience, for being so kind as to continue alongside us tonight as we take this poetic journey and learning more about publishing. Welcome back, Queens of Port Thelman. The mic is in your hands. All right. Thank you, Queen Fran, and to everyone. You're welcome. The radio land. All right. The next information for publishing is titled, Why Agents Collect Your Money for You. And it's by blogger Janet Cabobel Grant. And the website is www.booksandsuch.com dot com forward slash blog forward slash y dash agents dash collect dash your dash money dash for dash you and forward slash literary agencies handle authors' advance payments and royalty payments one or of two ways. One, the money is split generally eighty five percent to you. 15% to your agent at the publishing house. Two, 100% of the money is sent to the agency where it is split and the author's sum is sent to him or her. For the, from the outset of our agency's existence, we selected option number two. If your agent isn't doing this for you, he or she is taking the easy way out of providing you a service. By having the money sent to the agency, that agency will know that the money was sent to you. If the agency receives only its portion, it doesn't know if you got yours. Since the bulk of the funds are the authors, a publisher that's having trouble finding the funds to pay could easily send the 15% to the agent but not the 85% to the author. That agent would assume the rest has been sent to the author. Check that the amount sent was correct. Recently, a client's advance payment was sent to our office, but the publisher had failed to send the right amount. Instead, the publisher sent what they initially offered for the book, not the increased amount I had negotiated. In all likelihood, someone in accounting looked at paperwork that indicated the initial amount offered but failed to check the contract which stated the increased amount. If the author's money hadn't been sent to me, it would have taken me some time to figure out why the agency's portion was incorrect. But with the entire sum presented in one check, 
the error was obvious and quickly spotted. And the author didn't happily skip off to the bank to deposit an incorrect check. Double check that royalty statements are correct. Reporting royalties and paying the correct amount is a complex business because the book is likely to be published in many formats at varying discounts with returns, reserves, and licensed subsidiary rights added to the equation. I spend hours poring over royalty statements to determine if the payment for a client is correct. Seeing the sum sent to a book and such client is very different from studying a report that only reflects what our agency earned. Spotting errors is hard work, but it's made even harder if the reviewer isn't looking at the total rather than a portion of the total. Make certain the check to the author is made out correctly. That might seem pretty straightforward, but an agency will be more sensitive to whether an author is incorporated and whether that payment is made out to the author or the author's corporation. When it comes to reporting income to the government, you want the money to be in your corporation's column, not your personal column. Send out 1099 forms to clients rather than having the publisher do so. Once again, this is a place for the agency to check that the figures on the form are accurate. If the numbers are reported through the publisher, it's up to the author to make sure they're right and to make sure the 1099 is made out to the author or to the corporation, depending on how the author's finances are set up. For the record, the publisher frequently makes out our agency's 1099 forms incorrectly applying them to my Social Security number rather than the agency's federal ID number. It becomes our job to correct that with the publisher while we send out a correct 1099 to our clients. Agencies that set up a system in which they receive payment directly from the publisher don't have the same incentive to check that all is being handled appropriately for the author, and it's much harder to spot the problems even if the agency looks for them. So while on the surface it might seem better to have the money headed your way directly from the publisher, in actuality, you're short-circuiting an important aspect of what your agency should be doing for you. The end. And this is by Janet Grant on October 29, 2012, an agent, blog, a business of writing, uh, straight up and down there, 62 times. Excellent, excellent. Thanks for sharing that very useful publishing information. Um, And I just want to say firsthand for our listening audience, I I myself am a published author, and I chose the self-published route. Not that it is the best option, but I chose it based on my convictions and what I felt was the right thing for me to do at the time. And I do want to say um, in reference to self-publishing, ladies and gentlemen, to each his own. There are various um, options you have as for the pricing. You can go the more costly um, route or you can take a cost-effective route based upon what your budget is. And first and foremost, I would like for everyone to know this right offhand, even with self-publishing, you need to have a budget you need to designate a budget, how much you are willing to spend prior to even signing a contract or even um, agreeing with a, whether it's print-on-demand publishing uh, company or a printing press to uh, 
manufacture copies of your book. Just keep in mind, you have to decide what is the best pricing for yourself. That should be a personal decision. Um, uh, You have to base it on your own income. You know how much you can afford and what is um, going to be comprehensible for you. Don't let someone else choose that for you. It should be your own choice, ladies and gentlemen. You have the power to make that decision for yourself. And make sure that it's something affordable to you. And there are various uh, pricing options uh, that you can consider with self-publishing. And I can only share what I know. There are various companies uh, that do um, have that option available to you as the author where you would retain uh, full copyrights of your works. They would not retain any control over the creativity of your writing or or, um, over the uh, way your book should uh, be titled or anything like that. You would be the one that makes those decisions. So um, you have to do your homework. You have to do your research. Uh, Definitely go online and look up uh, printing presses and publishing uh, companies for self-publishers or self for self-published writers to consider and um, make your decision after you've done the homework first. I do not recommend that anyone just go to Amazon.com. I, I know a lot of people are, are doing this now, and they're saying, you know, you can become published. It's quick and easy. Just go to Amazon.com, have your book already um done or drafted and saved on your computer and your hard drive and then just um, do a transfer. It's really quick. It's fast. And then your book will be available within days. I don't recommend that. I recommend that you take your time. I recommend that you do your homework. I recommend that you research first. Don't just take a route because it's quick and easy. Know what you're getting into, ladies and gentlemen, because once you make that plunge, once you take that plunge, it's like diving into the pool. You're in. When you're in it, you're in there. And whatever is in that water, you're subject to it. So whatever is in that arrangement, even the fine print, take your time, read the fine print, ask many questions. I would say ask at least 30 questions when you speak to that representative first. From that printing press, from that company, ask at least 30 good questions. Make sure you know what you're investing in because this is your gift, your talent. It's like your baby. You gave birth to it. It's your writing. You don't want it to be used in a way that is not appropriate. You don't want to be taken advantage of. You don't want... Um, to not see the profit that you should see, you know, you took your time. It was your blood, your sweat, your energy that went into the production or the composition of it. So you want to make sure that you merit from it, that you inherit from the book being on the market. You want to inherit 
the profit that you should gain. You want to see what you should get. So it takes time, ladies and gentlemen. Ask questions. Um, be a part of a literary circle and community of writers within your own local area. Um, I do recommend there's Writers Meetup. I believe writersmeetup.com. You can go online, ladies and gentlemen, writersmeetup.com. And you can find out where they're meeting in your local area, writersmeetup.com. Yes, W-R-I-T-E-R-S-M-E-E-T-U-P.com, www.writersmeetup.com. They have chapters, I believe, local chapters within a lot of cities. So you definitely want to find out where are they located in your local city. And I'm going to repeat because I get the wrong information. It's writingmeetup.com. I'm going to, yes, let me make that correction. Writing, W-R-I-T-I-N-G, dot meetup, M-E-E-T-U-P, dot com. That's writingmeetup.com. And when you go there, um, there's the option where you can put what country and what zip code. And after you do the search under that, it will take you to exactly where you should be. So you can discover what local chapter there is that's in your local area, ladies and gentlemen. So definitely go there. That's a start. And you'll be able to collaborate and confer with other literary artists from various backgrounds of uh, various writing levels. And that's going to further enhance your skill as a literary artist and further develop your skill set as a literary artist. And that's what it's about. Being the writer you were born to become, it takes work. It does. It takes work. And it's not an overnight success. Let no one kid you. You're not born doing this. You're born to do it. So that means you're going to have to practice. You're going to have to study. You're going to have to work at it. Okay? So I just wanted to add that because it's so important. And what Queen Zipporah Thelman shared with us, ladies and gentlemen, it was imperative information. Make certain. Once the archive link is available, because I will post it on The Exceptional Scribble Show. That's where you go on Facebook, The Exceptional Scribble Show. You will then be able to navigate to the fan page for this show, and you'll find the archive link will be there tomorrow. I will have it listed there so that you can review tonight's show in full, and you can hear all of the information again which Queen Zipporah shared during Publishing Tips Hour. We're not done yet. There's more to share, but we're going to go to a poet or two and have them share a poem. First, beginning with, we have uh, uh, Bishop Pete. Welcome back. Hello. Hi. Welcome back, Bishop Pete. 
Hi. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Lady Claire. Yes. And listen, we, we need for you to uh, share a poem right quick. We're going to have you, and then we're going to B-I-double-G. And then we're going back to Queen Zipporah because she has to wrap up the hour for publishing tips, okay? Yes, ma'am. But do you have a question for her first about publishing? Oh, no, not at this moment. Not at this moment. And, okay. Uh, well, I will be following uh, all the links and the information that um, she's put out there. And so, yes, Wonderful. I, I, yes, and I do appreciate the... Uh, the spoken word that she has brought to the to the uh, platform tonight. I was tuning in. Yes, indeed. Wonderful, wonderful. Thanks Thank so you. much. You're welcome. Queen Zipporah, was there anything uh, you wanted to direct to Bishop Peep? Bishop Peep, have you published anything yet? Uh, no, ma'am. Um, I have a few inquiries, and I'm working on um, a few things, and um, um, Working on my portfolio, so everything is unlocked as far as that. But mm-hmm. uh, having one chosen and moving forward on that, um, that is something that um, is still in the making and still in the working. But um, I continue to let my voice be heard by presence. Um, there's still a lot of work into just behind so, the book. You right, know. so you're doing a lot, I understand, with the radio show that you have that you host weekly, and then open mic venues, is that correct? Yes, ma'am. Um, I'm, Wonderful. I'm here in the uh, Memphis, Tennessee area, so I'm here from, uh, I'm trying to do a lot of, do some do some stage presence and working on that, too, as well, so, um, yes, yes, indeed, it's, it's a lot going on behind the scenes other than the social network, but uh, my, um, Social network, being able to have friends and such as you and mm-hmm. <clears throat> behind the scenes and whatnot, and encouraging me and inspiring me to, uh, to use God's gift to uh, try to make a difference. In, in Wonderful. Well, Queen Zipporah, what would you like to share with um, uh, Bishop Pete, the poet, because he's not yet a published oh, yeah. author, yeah. but he is working on it. What, what can you share with him to help him as he's preparing for published? author rights. All right. Well, I'd like to share that uh, Bishop Pete is that while you're also, you know, writing your novel, is that your research as well, you know, to decide which publishing route is, you know, will work for you, you know, either traditional or self-publishing. And that's the second important thing aside, you know, from doing that is that you want to educate yourself about the publishing process so that you will also know what is being said and just won't walk in, you know, um, unknown. Yes. Because yes. there are, you know, a lot of scammers out there. You want to be careful of them, and they're always looking for the person that they can take advantage of because they don't know. But if you go in, you know, educated and armed and ready to, you know, be on the same page with them, you know, be prepared for the different reactions. Yes. Okay. Okay. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And that is duly noted and well received. And uh, mm-hmm. yes, ma'am. And so thanks, uh, Queen Zipporah, yeah. as well. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so now, uh, Bishop Pete, we're ready to hear a poem from you. The mic is now in your hand. All right. Um, the title of this piece 
is how long will it last? And it reads, I look up at the sky to see my reflections in the Lord's eye. Blessed with the sun, I get up to get my job done. Life is measured by the works of my hands. So I have no plans to lose my riches, nor my britches. No need to blame the man, because how long will it last? Everything shall come to pass. Sudden like a blast. How long will it last? Uh, maybe in a second or a moment. A man best learn real true value and know how to limit it. How long would it last before life becomes scattered sand out of the hourglass? Smooth selling green back, back belling, bank build up, riding down the avenue, bumping the P-Funk, huh? You just up on your luck. You say, how long would it last? How long would it last? One dark shadow in the mist, name on the most wanted list. Rank talk, <clears throat> excuse me. Ranked top number one contender, born an offender, publicized, meteorized, falsified. Down came the verdict, even the jury lied. Convicted innocence under the weak public defender system. Too many dark shadows in the mist, one dead, another gone. Turned against one another, no love for each other. How long would it last? How everything should come to pass, sudden like a blast. How long would it last? Maybe in a second or a minute. Man best learn real true value and know how to limit it before life becomes scattered sand out of an hourglass. How long would it last? How long would it last? Mm, 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 mm. Awesome. Amen. Thank you. I really appreciate the art of your pen and the delivery of that piece. Thank you. Thank you. Your flow, the rhythm of it, everything was clear and concise, fluid, the message, the word flow, the art. I loved it. I loved it. Um, can you give us a little background information, how you came about writing that piece, please? Yes, ma'am. Um, how long would it last? Uh, there was a time, upon a time when I was in my youth, when I was uh, doing some time, and then when I was lost trying to find my way, and there was questions in my mind coming across, you know, how long would it last, you know? How long would the days pass? How long would the night pass? And so I had some days that I couldn't see. I couldn't tell when the sun was coming up or when the sun went down, you know, mm. yeah, and, uh, when the shift changed or whatnot. I, I, I had to learn <clears throat> that when going through that, that, that time of darkness or whatnot, how to try to find some light within my spiritual self being. And so <clears throat> that's how um, I came up with that title, that topic, that gave the substance to uh, the things that I talked about, um, being born a number one offender, you know, being um, convicted as a black man, you know, just because of my color, you know, being on, standing on trial, you know, uh, uh, in the system. Mm. And so I had to give testament to that, you know, in, in, in that peace and in, in that flow. So it was more of a, that, 
that's where the flow came because it, it kind of soothed me, kind of rocked me, you know, during that time uh, uh, of my solitary or confinement. And mm-hmm. so uh, I was able to express it just now. <laughs> so, excellent, excellent job and well written. And I commend your pen on that awesome piece. Subscribe on, Bishop Pete. And we will definitely come back to you. All right. I thank you, love. I thank you. That peace blessings to all. And like I said, I've been striving and uh, uh, maintaining God has been good, you know. Uh, and so in my age now, so um, I look forward to continuing to writing uh, poetry and sharing it and learning more from uh, Scribble. Okay. Excellent. Thank you. Thanks Excellent. again. We'll be back to you. Thank you. This time we're going to be I double G calling us from North Georgia. Welcome back. Hey. Hey, hey. We um thank you of course for your patience and endurance and perseverance. Uh you could have left us by now, but you've been enjoying us and we've been enjoying just um reflecting on the last piece that you well the last um the words that you shared about finding your niche as a writer. And um, now we're ready to hear some fine art poetry by you. Okay. Once again, uh, give your name and um, any other information that's relevant. Sure. This is the Big Dog and Betches Fury. You can reach me on Facebook. Um, Big Dog and Betches Fury, B I W G D. A R K I M P E T U O U S F U O Y. You're going to search and you'll find me, inbox me. I'm full right now, but you can inbox me and follow. Okay. So you can reach me that way. I'll talk to you, inbox you, you know. Mm-hmm. So let me know what's up. You know, you want to connect? Just that. Thanks so much. <laughs> now we're ready to hear some of that fine poetry. Okay. <clears throat> The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Therefore, I ain't got to want. And whatever I need, I exude into prayer, into the atmosphere, spiritually. My heart exudes, exudes life, life today, now, tomorrow, and in the future. My heart sparks, exudes strong faith, very unbreakable faith. My faith breaks the board. My faith cracks open the board. My faith puts the board into two pieces, the exuberance of intense impetuosity. Poetic expression, vivid expresso facto, vivid poetry on the road, poetry on the go, flowing, exuding echoes, extended poetry, poetry, extended poetry, deeply enunciated, audacity. I speak impetuously, impetuously, and in fact, I verbalize, I speak, I speak orally, I speak in fluent, vivid words. Audience words, born words, liquid words, words exuding in purchase ring, in purchase octane, born audacity, street necessity, born straightforwardness, in impetuosity, only ongoing. I'll mm-hmm. stones from the bones of destroyed dinosaurs' bones. The Lord gives life, the Lord exudes life, and all the stones end up alone, end up nicked, slick, cut, open with dents full of notches, and the rats, the hats that they wear come up and go by the echoes graciously and in discernment. I embody like no other. I am the big dog in picture strip. Insanely. Gotta give an audacity. Modern day 
21st century, beyond the spoken impetuosity. And the Lord, my God, is Lord and God of all. And overall, I pray to the trueness of spiritual essentials, essentials that dwell from the golden heavenly heaven, the realms of young earth, and in deepness, poetic poetry, engaged in exuded, executed compulsion. Compulsion is poetry through the necessity. Poetry, poetic architecture, shipbuilding, poetic communication, energetically endorsed through poetic embodiments, essentially poetic essence, exuding change, fundamental quality, substance, backbones, with backbone, soul, life, grains, principles, character, nature, essential qualities, and characteristics, and finally speaking, the big dog in pictures, fury. It's not a game. It's not a game. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Um, What I like is how you're able, it's like, it reminds me of hearing a machine gun. Yeah. Or automatic. I mean, you just, you just, those words just, you drill them out in a forceful manner. It's like you get the message out there, but you drive it home and you do it full throttle. I mean, it's it's a strong impact made every time you spit and deliver your poetry. And um, what is the experience like for you? Like, how do you feel when you're saying your poems? Mm-hmm. Because you do it in such a unique way and it's such an intense way. Um, how do you feel? Like, do you feel like you're coming out of body experience? Do you feel like you're coming out of your skin? Do you feel like you're bleeding? Do you feel like, what is the feeling that overwhelms you when you're saying your poems? Because I know they're coming from your soul. Right. When I'm saying my poetry, I'm usually focused. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I mean what I'm saying. I mean what I'm about to deliver. And when I say it, I'm not looking or wondering if I'm going to get somebody's head that's turned the other way attention. Because when I say something, eventually you, 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 you're conforming, you're giving to what I got to say because my words will echo around the room like an earthquake in a volcano. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. You. So that's, that's the approach. Yeah, that's the way I feel. Like like you said, a volcano was perfect. You know, that it's all happening on the inside, and then it comes up and comes up until it just boom. That's yeah. the way I feel. Like I'm listening to it's like a boom, like an impact. It's, it's a sudden impact, and it's a strong impact, like a volcanic eruption. Like boom, and it comes out. I mean, everybody's going to get hit. You can't escape it. That's the feeling I get whenever you're spitting poetry and and it's a good feeling um it's unique i mean no one else i can compare you with that i get that same feeling um i'm gonna ask now queens of poor can you share um what what your thoughts are about that piece by b-i-double-g he was talking about his title is not a game 
mm-hmm. way that he was, uh, you know, it was flowing, you know, everything was connected. And, you know, the words were, I understood some of the words, but they kept, you know, like going on and on. They were like blending into one another. And so mm. I, I didn't understand, you know, everything that was, you know, going on. So it 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 it's a bit it can be a bit overwhelming for someone hearing him for the first time because you're not yet as acquainted with his speed, yeah, the speed I, of his flow. But that, you got I, the message about yeah. it not being the game and the intensity that he delivered the message with is so strong. It does. It just kind of like it reminds me of like you know when there's a really strong forceful wind or storm coming through your town or street, you know, how it uproots trees. It, it you know, it, 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 it removes things out of, it, it moves things out of place from where they were originally set. That's how his poetry does. It does something with in your heart and mind. It, it, it makes you transition from, the way you were thinking to his way of thinking. You see it in a different way or a different light. And it's a good transition. It's not bad. It's not to devastate you or to knock you off your block or, you know, that's he's not coming at you like that in that manner, in a combative way, but more of a way to provoke you to raise your level of consciousness, to think about what he's saying, Think about it more critically. You know, sometimes we're not as critical in our thinking as we ought to be about what we're listening to, what we're hearing, what's being put or presented before us. So I commend you on that B-I-double-G. And listen, we'll come back to you. We're just going to move on to the next caller, but thanks again for that piece. Yeah, you're welcome. And and Queen Fran. Yeah. And I had also wanted to say that with that poem, is not uh, is not a game. It's sort of like it goes into it. Just, it taps inside of you, like stirring up things that are hidden and just pulling them out. Mm. So, yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah, and then there was also a um, it was uh, it reminds me of a poem in connection to it, "Daddy" by Sylvia Plath. When and say she, that one more time, the poem right, and the, the author's poem. name, please. All right. The poem's name is Daddy by Sylvia Plath. By Sylvia Plath, correct? Plath, yeah, P-L-A-T-H. Okay. Yeah. And the name of the poem, one more time for everyone. That, yeah, Daddy, D-A-D-D-Y. Mm-hmm. Okay. Those, yes, and those are the kinds of poets, they're writing... It's an intensity with their word flow and and the manner in which they speak or deliver the poem, but it's concrete, it's tangible, something that you can relate with, and it's going to inspire you in some way. Um, Maybe there's something that you should do differently in your own personal life, or maybe it's just something that maybe you're not seeing it clearly or you weren't, but now you can after you heard the poem and what yeah, was said in it. Right, and then, yeah, I don't want to, like, take up too much time, but then there's also, you think about it, uh, Langston Hughes, you know, dreams, you know, hold fast to dreams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that could be 
like another poem, even though it has like a slow moving, but it's just the words, that, you know, just read it and then, you know, the words have meaning. <clears throat> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. It's right. Sometimes people can become a little um, not as centered or focused on what the poem is actually saying because of the flow. They get kind of lost in the flow. But it's a flow, it starts slow, and then the momentum picks up and it goes fast. So it's like, you know, he's he's bringing you in first to get centered on what he's about to say. And then once he's got you in, you know, then he's just pouring it on. And you just take it or leave it. It's like that, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, well, Queen Fran, it's uh, 11.07, and my hour is up, so I'm going to say good night for now. Yes, and please give your um, contact information in case anyone wants to contact you, post this show, and they have some questions about publishing. Um, please give that information to our listening audience so they know how they can connect with you online. All right, so my Facebook page is Zephora, Z, like zebra, I-P-P-O-R-E-H, last name Selman, T, like Thomas, H-E-L-M-O-N, and you can, you know, send me messages. Excellent. Thank you so very much. And Queen Zephora, I want to thank you for all of what you shared tonight during the Publishing Tips Hour, your... um, Delivery was done successfully. We received tips that we know we'll be able to apply in our present uh, day situation, no matter what the circumstance um, as a writer, and we'll be able to apply it in the future. So we thank you, and we look forward to your safe arrival back with us again on next Tuesday for Episode 56. Uh, and thank you again, friend. I was glad that I was able to tell these tips because it's important, not for me, but for anybody that wants to, you know, start off you know, with their being being an author and getting their work in print so they'll be able to do it, you know, safely and successfully and not, you know, have a you know, great fall and then fail and be ruined and they wouldn't know what to do next. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Thank you so much for your um, thoughtfulness, and that is the truth. We don't want to have a nightmare story about our journey of getting published, ladies and gentlemen. You want to have a Cinderella story, and it's possible. You can have one, but you've got to know steps to take. What steps are there to take and how to take them and to succeed in taking them. So thanks so much, Queen Zipporah, for giving us that insight, sharing your um, publishing tips with everyone tonight. All right, you're welcome, Queen Fran. And to everybody in Radio Land listening to Exceptional Scribble, this is co-host Mr. Zipporah Thelman signing off, and everyone have a pleasant night. You too. Thank you. Peace and blessings. Thank you. Okay, at this time, I'm opening everyone's mic up because this is the hour 
that we're all going to spit some poetry. We are celebrating National Poetry Month, and this is April the 28th. This is the last day, the last Tuesday, that is, in the month of April, the last Tuesday for the Exceptional Scribble Show to celebrate National Poetry Month. So on tonight, ladies and gents, because we have both represented here in the call queue, I will be coming to you. I'm going to announce your name first, and I want you to be aware that when I do announce your name, I'm going to be inviting you to spit two poems. So I'm saying it in advance. You'll be invited to spit two poems. But before I call on anyone to spit poetry, I'm going to start us off tonight. Yeah, I think I'll start off. Fran the sage poet and the host of the Exceptional Scribble Show. I will be starting off the poetry bidding hour because that's what hour we're in right now. And I think that I'm going to read a piece entitled, let's say, let's say, let's say, um, okay, this is entitled Why Didn't I Talk to Her? And I just want to give a little background information. I wrote this piece. I am the author of it. And I was, I don't know, it just kind of came to me. It's a piece by, it's the voice of a daughter, and she's expressing her need for having conversation with her mother, but how in life, a lot of things happened, and she kind of became estranged from her mother, and the conversations that should have occurred never did, and she has regrets about it. So that's just giving you a little precursor, a little preview about the piece, ladies and gentlemen. So what I'm going to do, and I'm just muting the mics temporarily, Whenever someone's spitting poetry, I will mute the mics temporarily just so we don't get any background noise to interfere. Okay, why didn't I talk to her? Time and time again, I needed to talk, and she was accessible, yet I would not reach out to her. Day in and day out, I avoided her. Not knowing the gulf between us was my own doing. I was so vain. How could I forsake the wound that carried me? She loves me more than her own life. I did estrange myself from her because I failed to see how much I needed to confide in her. Why didn't I talk to her? The one and only one who did eschew the evil one, the abortion clinic, so that I could know the opportunity of breathing and giving, caring and sharing, loving and nurturing others. Why didn't I talk to her? 
the one and only one whom I know will be there when all others walk away, the one whom, if she could, would take me back into her womb just to shield me from the evil of the day. Why didn't I talk to her about the time I thought I would die? The moment I failed my own test of diligence. When I did the very thing I said I would never do and almost let go, gave up on life because I couldn't face myself afterwards. Why didn't I talk to her? The one that does understand because she walked where I am, just starting to grow. She traveled the distance I have yet to take. She knows the journey and the glory that awaits. Why didn't I talk to her? The one who I can entrust my essence with, knowing she would never betray my love or trust. Why? Didn't I talk to her? Why? Oh, why? She is my mother, both a biological and spiritual mother to me. She is the nest and the guardian, the one I know I can always come to and receive relevant things, necessary things. She is my mother and my friend, the very best companion I know. The Almighty lent her to me to enable me to become the best that I can be. From the cradle to the grave, I must honor her, but to refuse her the opportunity to minister to me when I need her most is to live foolishly. She is my mother and my constant supporter, only promoting the good in me, only supportive of the best in me, yet she will pull me away from things that are negative. As a mother bear, she won't allow danger the opportunity to entreat me. Why didn't I talk to her? Why didn't I talk to her? Well, here's why. I thought I could be my own advisor, counselor, and advocate. So I assumed those roles, yet always coming short at every ambitious attempt. I believed a lie. I was full of pride. I was in denial. I was weary in my mind. I was a bruised soul and a wounded heart. I was limp and misled. I believed the harlot was my true identity, seeking male companionship to satisfy my soul's longings. Unfortunately, these men were thieves, raping my mind and spirit, damning my soul to hell. I was far away from the truth in my youth. Believing my peers were my best support team. They only filled my head with more vanity, 
blinding me from the reality that my best doctor was you, mother. My remedy was within me. I should have come to you when I was weary. Your words, like soul food, always suffices. Mother and friend, I should have come to you so many times. So many things happened to me, and you should have been the first to know. How could I have been so blind to think that love could be wrong and right? I should have come running to you. I should have poured out myself at your feet, knowing you would have picked up my essence and blessed my soul, prayed for me and prayed with me. You were always an encourager. Why didn't I talk to her? She said I could talk with her about anything and that she would be there for me whenever I needed her. She was sincere, and I knew it. She promised to be there with me when I delivered my firstborn, and I wanted that more than anything. So then why would I believe that she would not want to be there for me in the midst of adversity too? I needed an advocate and a friend, and I had one but never came to her. Why didn't I talk to her? Ladies and girls, never leave yourself out on a limb. Stay engaged with your mother. You need her wisdom to guide you throughout your lifetime. Hold her hand for as long as you can. You can. Talk to her. End of peace. Okay, now we're going to go to our caller, Q and host, and I'm seeing Dr. Sharonda Orridge. Dr. Sharonda Orridge, welcome back. Dr. Sharonda Orridge? Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Welcome back. Yeah. <clears throat> Thank you. I was that that was a really powerful piece. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, matter of fact, that was the first time that I've ever spit that piece. Wow. Uh, so thank you. I really appreciate your feedback. You're going to do it for Mother's Day? That'll be You a know good. what? I was just saying, you know what? That's definitely a Mother's Day poem, and we're yeah. we're coming close to that that holiday, so thank you. That's confirmation for me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that see that piece, it actually, because um, I was, I wasn't gonna really talk about it, but then you know, you just talked about confirmation, and when you did that piece, it was confirmation mm. that I need to talk about this. Okay. Um, so what? Okay. Um, I had got custody. Um, Child Protection had removed one of my brother's daughters out the home, and so um, instead of them going, instead of her, you know, being, and plus she's um, she has cerebral palsy and stuff. So 
instead of her, you know, being with anybody else and stuff, I stepped up and I and I took her. And then um, she she was with me for about probably seven weeks, and then they removed the other three children out the home. Um, the brother went to my brother's um, baby mom's sister house, and then I got the other two girls. And okay. we, um, we, I mean, we had started, you know, working with them and, and doing things that they hadn't experienced any, you know, before, like, you know, celebrating, you know, family, you know, holidays and, and, and different stuff like that and, you know, going different places. Wonderful. Especially my, yeah, especially my niece, um, <clears throat> Heaven, who, who, you know, like I said, she she has a lot going on medically. Mm-hmm. And so my daughter had went to court um, for the um, for the hearing, and then it was some stuff being, you know, um, her brother was messing with her. So mm. my my daughter felt like she wanted to tell, you know, um, let you know child protection know what was going on because she didn't want the other two um, babies to get hurt. So. Um, they did, and they kept they kept um, calling my daughter, and I'm asking like, why do they keep calling you? And she was like, well, they want me to um, make a statement, and they had came and interviewed. They had came and interviewed I'm my gonna um. Need out. We're getting some background noise. Okay. Okay. Back to you, Doctor Sharonda, and I apologize for that. Yeah, and so they um they had came and they <clears throat> they had interviewed <clears throat> the the children and, and then on last Wednesday they had um it was a detective and it was um a lady from child protection came over to my house and they were talking to my daughter so I go downstairs to see what was going on, and I see my daughter, like, looking real terrified, and I'm like, what's going on? And so the detective was like, um, I don't know who you are to this case. I said, well, this is my house, and that's my child. That's who I am to this case. He said, mm-hmm. well, I can't say anything because, you know, um, I can get in trouble. And so um, my daughter has said that because the, they wanted my daughter to testify against my brother. They had heard that it was guns in the home and stuff, and so they wanted my daughter to testify. My daughter said she would be willing to say something, but she didn't want to be in open court and stuff, you know. Right. And so, so they was like, they was like, okay, you know, I understand. And then he had asked my daughter, "Well, can we talk to her? Um, can I talk to her and let her know what was going on?" So he talked and stuff, and he said, "Well, I guess we got to close the case." And I'm like, okay. And then the next day, the guardian at Lightham had made an appointment with me on Friday to come over and see how the kids were doing. Mm-hmm. And as me, my daughter, and the guardian at Lightham, as we're talking, I get a telephone call from Child Protection saying, oh, your daughter don't want to testify, so we're taking the kids out of your home. Mm. Now, we're talking about... My niece, first of all, wasn't even in the same case. I had her seven weeks prior. 
So while they removed the other two kids, I mean the other three kids, they didn't remove her. They removed her for something totally different. So she has post-traumatic stress disorder, cerebral palsy, chronic lung disease, and you mean to tell me you're just going to come and take them out of my custody because my daughter didn't want to testify. So, um, you know, I'm I'm all, my daughter is hysterical, and she's like, I'll come down now. I'll do it, you know, and the guardian that light them is hearing all of this. And so, my, I mean, I'm crying, my daughter crying. I mean, it was just horrible. I'm like, mm. and the um, child protection person came and said, well, we're not going to take the kids, but you, she has until Wednesday to um, to get in touch with the other child protection worker and, and make a statement that we're going to remove the the kids. So my daughter was trying to call right then and there, but the next day, which was Saturday, I called I called a friend of mine who's a retired lawyer, and I had told her. Then I just started calling everybody because I was telling my daughter, you know, they can't, that's not right. They can't use these kids. These kids is in a safe environment. We didn't do anything mm-hmm. to the children. They thrive in here and stuff. And you mean to tell me for a case you could you, you can't even possibly win because oh, when you executed the search warrant, you didn't find anything. My daughter's testimony will only be hearsay. It's not mm-hmm. like he's confessing to it and stuff. So you're comfortable with breaking up families for something you might not even get. You know what I'm saying? So um, I I got to calling everybody and telling every making you know everybody aware of it and stuff. So on Tuesday, the the child protect one of the child protection workers called the supervisor and said, you know what? I don't know what went on, but we don't use kids as pawns and stuff. I said, mm-hmm. well, can I get that in writing? And she was like, I'll do one better. I'll come over in person and apologize to, to Akilah. I said, okay, that's cool. So she did. They came over and everything. So my daughter, she had already made an appointment to go give her statement on Thursday. And she said, well, Mama, I'm, I don't want to. I don't have to give a statement, but I want to go down in person. So I got a pastor to go with me. And a community friend, we go, we go up, you know, to to meet with the detective. My my daughter told me she didn't want me in there, but the pastor could be in there. So uh, all she was supposed to be doing is saying, you know what, I'm not gonna um, give a statement. So a couple minutes passed, and I heard him say something, and I walked up there and I said, come on, let's go. You know, she's not testifying. And then he was like. Well, why, I said, you know what? That was low down and dirty what you all did using um, innocent kids. Mm-hmm. And then he's going to tell me to lower my voice. For real? So you don't want to admit you wrong, but so you're going to distract me with something trivial as my voice being a little loud. Anyway, my um, my daughter was like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. I want it all to be over with because they're going to take the kids. They're going to do something to us. I got a real bad feeling about that. I'm like, no. I said, we're not. I said, you're not doing this. And it's me and my daughter mm-hmm. was going back and forth for 20 minutes. <clears throat> so, you know, you say I should have listened to her. I didn't talk to her. We were going back. Now, a, a, a person I gave birth to. Uh, the police was able to dismantle and disrupt our relationship, <clears throat> and we only sink them twice in our life. You see what I'm saying? <clears throat> and so 
she she was still she was like hysterical and stuff and you know they were trying um the past and um the community friend they was trying to talk to her and stuff like that and I told her I said we're not going to drop this and I'm documenting everything <clears throat> but you know this this is we not we can't keep quiet about this we have to let mm-hmm. people know that's you know right. and that's one of the things that I think because see if I would have kept quiet and I just would have complied then my daughter you know will have be all in this turmoil because you know she had, she was forced to do something and I told her no that's not how it's going to go you know and I'm going to protect you and nobody's going to mess with you and everybody's going to know because that's wrong you're taking kids that's here everybody has um you know told told them you know reported to the um child protection that they're doing way better and everything i even had my niece's therapist to write a letter and stuff you're going to take these kids out for no other reason than you want my child to testify mm. yes yes you are sharing tonight something that is critical we all need to be made aware of such this yes. instance this situation is not foreign to any of our families Right. And it's something that we need to deal with, we need to address, we need to talk about because it's happening more and more each day. Mm-hmm. Children are being removed from home environments that are safe environments, that are healthy environments for them to thrive in. And unfortunately, some are being placed in environments that aren't healthy and right. aren't safe. And we're exactly. hearing about such cases and they end in a tragic way. So. We want to say to you, we are definitely going to keep you in our utmost prayers and um, our warm and loving thoughts, you and those children, because it's a it's a war going on. It's 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 yeah. justice, and we're for justice. We want the best possible outcome in your situation. We know that you're going to have it, and definitely pursue legal representation. What you um, uh, need to do because it's just not fair what what's happening. It's just not fair at all. Yeah, I'm lodging a complaint, but that like even brings to mind when you all were talking about the the Boston riots. See, one of the things that we continue to do as a people is that we become reactive instead of proactive. That's you know, and, so like if we were already in the trenches. We wouldn't have to get down there. So that means, you know, when stuff do come up, then Mm -hmm. we can organize effectively and squash it. You know, just imagine, like, if you had all the people who did riot and all the people who desired to riot, you know what I'm saying, come Mm -hmm. together and brainstorm about um, identifying problems and and, um, coming up with solutions how proactive that would be instead of reacting when we get an undesirable outcome. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because if they're killing, they're killing off our people without a reason. So you're going to give them a reason by by, um, rioting and looting and stuff? Because we have seen time and time again how things, the Rodney King, the Trayvon Martin, you know, and, and stuff like that, and they didn't even really, they didn't need a reason. They didn't have to give it an uh, explanation or nothing, not an explanation that was 
true and, and really meant anything, you know. And at the same time, you had the lady um, in Florida, the same where um, George Zimmerman, um, lady was a victim of domestic abuse, and she fired a shot in the air. She wasn't even trying to shoot him. Right. She, well, yeah. Yeah. And she, and she went to jail. Right. Right. We definitely understand the judicial system has a lot of uh, injustices that have been wrought against uh, the African-American people, nation, um, the black community. And so we fight. And that's why it's so important, which was brought out, I believe, Master Scribe mentioned that we got to educate our minds. Because if we don't become educated, and I'm not telling anybody they have to um, attend a college, whether it be two-year or four-year university, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm saying to you what you need to do. And and note, I'm saying educate your mind. I'm not saying you have to attend a college or university to educate your mind. Because all you have to do is open your mind to learn. And that takes discipline, and you can do that right at home. You can do that going to Mm. the library, your local free library. There are certain books that we need to have, though, in our possession. I will stress that. We need to Mm. have a legal dictionary. Every home should have one. And I'm speaking specifically to the African-American community because Mm -hmm. we are the one target group that Mm -hmm. undergoes and experiences more unlawful treatment in comparison with any other group. So it is in our best interest to know legal uh, diction and jargon. We need to know what words mean because if we don't, we're going to be victimized consistently and not really fully knowledgeable of all that is available for us. Because we have rights. Yes, we do. Uh, The civil rights, that's one thing. But you have human rights that you need to become knowledgeable of. And when those human rights are violated, yes, you have the right to an attorney. And you should know that. You should know what your human rights are as well as what your civil rights are. Because we're not being taught that in our school system. We have to teach it to ourselves. We have to discipline ourselves, we have to go that extra mile, we have to become educated in our minds and knowledgeable. And 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 it's worth it, ladies and gentlemen. We're telling you something that would only benefit you, your life as well as the lives of your loved ones. So become more aware of what's going on. Become more aware of your rights. Know your rights. If you don't know your rights, they will be violated. They will be violated. In today's society, they're going to be violated. We're, mm-hmm. we're not even going to say um, will. We're saying they're going to because it's happening every day. So we need to um, unite. Unification is so vital, so vital a need within the black community. We've got to unite people. It's no more a time where we need to be saying, well, I'm – Bahamian, I'm Jamaican, I'm Dominican, mm-hmm. I'm this, I'm that. You're black here in America, you're black. They lump us all in, in either two sectors. You're either white or black. 
So we need to say this. All black nations, okay, regardless of where you were, you migrated to, or your people were taken to, you need to unite and come together because we're being targeted by many hate groups, and some are covert, and, and, and they're under the guise of, which we have seen lately, um, they're wearing badges. Mm-hmm. They're, they're licensed to carry. Mm-hmm. Um, it's legal that they um, be able to carry and oppress us, unfortunately, in some jurisdictions. And we've got to know our rights and know the law so that we can better defend ourselves against what we're up against. And, yes, we need to unite people. If there ever was a time for the black nation of people to unite, now is that time. We've got to unite because we have one common enemy, one common enemy, and it's a hate factor. And that hate targets us, and we're constantly going to be a, a targeted group that's going to experience a lot of adversity until we come together and start defending ourselves as one nation, not divided subgroups, ladies and gentlemen, and saying, I'm from this island, I'm from this province. No, as one nation of people saying, I'm black, and because of my black skin, I'm being oppressed in America, and it's wrong, Mm -hmm. and I'm willing to fight so that my rights will no longer be violated so that the next generation does not have to face this same evil. It's a malady. It's a cancer. It shouldn't be. It needs to end. Well, we're going to go. um, We have... Master scribe on the call, and we'll come back to you, Dr. Sharonda. Okay. And I'm going to leave your mic open. Welcome back, Master scribe. Hey, y'all. Hey, hey. hey. Well, welcome back. Oh, yeah. I was listening to that, you know, um, listening to the brother about rights, civil rights, and all of that. Stuff. And you know, I live in Boston. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's still sections of this city, and you know, Boston is a very small city. And there's still sections in this city where you're a few black, you better not be in that part of neighbor in that part of the neighborhood, especially on the south end of Boston. A few other places, I have uh, myself have. Like, Experienced it firsthand, where you know, was downtown, and a man flat out just told me, "Nigger." Mm. He got punched mm. in his mouth, mm. got his teeth knocked out, and they was walking up to the beach. You know, uh, mm-hmm. me for one, I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to accept it mm-hmm. under any circumstances, whether I go to jail or not. I don't want to jail for something, you know. But yes, mm. as you were speaking on the law. It is imperative, and there is no excuse for no black man in America not know the law. If you can hang on the corner six and seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve hours a day and sell drugs, chase women, and do all that, you can spend mm. those seven to eight hours in a library looking up the law. And I'm I'm going to tell you a fact. Mm-hmm. Six years ago, six years ago. I was sitting in a federal penitentiary, and had I not 
went to the law library, I would still be sitting in the federal penitentiary on a 460-month sentence. Mm. But going to the law library and learning the law mm-hmm. and learning the law, and each state has a different set of laws. That's why it's so imperative yeah. that we pick up these law books because the laws change every day and you don't even know about them. And they have laws to counteract other laws and laws to counteract them law. It is imperative that you learn the law. That's how I got myself free, you know, and along the way helping other people to even get another court date when they thought all else was done, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's so imperative and we we are so if we we're so self incarcerated that we would rather fight the law with violence than to fight mm. them legally. Mm. And it, 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 like it's like what's going on right now in Baltimore, yeah. the city is getting destroyed, mm. totally destroyed. And you know why? It's not the people in Baltimore that's destroying the that incited the destruction. It's mm-hmm. people from the outside and other people from other cities that incited this rupture in those neighborhoods, in those neighborhoods up. And when it's all over, mm-hmm. who's going to suffer? The people who live the in those people. neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. And those people that came in and incited the destruction is going to go home. Mm-hmm. See? Mm-hmm. Everybody's not seeing. They're not seeing what's really happening. It's the same thing that happened in, what, Kansas, when Michael Brown got shot. That's right. All of these people came from outside of the city and created the ruckus. You know, Mm -hmm. there's other ways that you can go about getting things done without the violence. People don't understand the situation here. You create violence, they're going to bring a mass amount of police in. When the police can't handle it, they're going to bring the National Guard in. And when you bring in the National Guard, and the first time that they say you have a curfew, even mm-hmm. if that there's not, that's right. not a, you're not in a state of martial law, that's a, a lie. That's what you have to understand. Anytime the military comes in, they supersede police. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now you're under federal guidelines. And if them, them military people shoot and kill you, is nothing going to be said. If That's they bomb right. you, it's nothing going to be said because they're under federal mandate. Mm-hmm. That's it. You're under a state of martial law. Baltimore is under a state of martial law, and people don't understand what's going on because you don't know the law. Mm-hmm. You don't That's know it. what's going on. You see, you have to always remember something. Okay, Remember something. Out of chaos comes order. Mm. You understand? Out of chaos comes order. So mm. you you got all this chaos going on. What does the government, what does the city and state have to fight back with if the police can't handle it? They mm. call the White House. They call the Situation Room in the White House. And the White House gives the governor a okay. When you bring the military in, you're under federal mandate now. Mm. You see, you got, people don't understand how that works. People 
don't understand because we don't know the law. You need to study the law. Right. Thank you. And yes, yes. You don't study that law, you're going to get caught up and lost in the system every single time. Mm-hmm. And it don't make no matter what those basic rights say, mm-hmm. you have to remember when you come up under martial law, mm. the United States president can cancel the Constitution, and you wouldn't even know it. Mm. You wouldn't even know it until it was too late. How about it's that? Fact. It's a fact. It's, it's a fact. You need to read. You need to be up on mm-hmm. your rights and the privileges that you have. Literacy. That's what we always promote on this show, on this panel, the importance of literacy. We're not reading enough, ladies and gentlemen, listening audience. We've got to read more. I've said that so many times. We as a people do not read enough. Mm, mm, mm. You know, and, 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 and if any black man even understands, if they even read the Constitution, when the Constitution was, we was three-fifths of a human being. Then they turn around and they, supposedly the Constitution freed us. We was already free. How are you going to free somebody that's already free? <laughs> you understand? Mm-hmm. So what they did was, and if you read the 13th Amendment very correctly, Read it correctly and decipher it correctly. The 13th Amendment did not free the slaves. It only said, if you read it correctly, Mm -hmm. mark my word, it said you can have a slave, but you got to pay him. It's against the law to have a (laughs) slave without paying him. (laughs) Read that 13th Amendment very good because the 13th Amendment was only to stop Stop the North and the South from fighting each other because they were destroying the economy. Mm-hmm. You understand? That's okay? it. And, then, and with them destroying the economy, they didn't have nothing. So you had all of these people who could not work. And then, so then what do you have? Then you're going to have a war inside of a war. You see, sugar was our downfall, believe mm. it or not. Sugar. Mm. Was sugar. our downfall. It wasn't cotton. Mm-hmm. It wasn't none of that. Sugar was our downfall. Sugar was responsible for every slave trade around mm-hmm. the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of, you have to read. You That's have it. to read. You have to read to understand it. You know what I'm saying? That's it. Sugar was our downfall. That's right. Responsible for every slave trade. I like how you brought it to light. Global, 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 global. Yes. Concerning the slave market. And yes, it's true. It's documented, ladies and gentlemen. You can find it if you look it up. It's there. Oh it's God. documented. Oh, yes, it is. Yes, it, it is documented. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Wow. Awesome. Well, Master Scribe, we're ready to hear you sit. <laughs> Another fine poem for us. We thank you for all that legal knowledge and 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 um, fact that you imparted to us. And now we're ready to hear some more poetry. Oh my God! Uh, I'm gonna do. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna put a mind bender. I'm gonna put a mind bender to you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm gonna put a mind bender to you, and uh, 
Let me see if I can make some thoughts come to surface in somebody tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see. How should I do this? Allow me to step through the circle of your mind and tilt your thought axis for a little while. Let me spill with the words reconstitution with the mental mind pen to produce a required solution. Independently of what elements are involved, mental symbol, allegories, words as a signifier, resolve is the tip of the pen in the imagination, so neither theorist, practitioner, neither scholar, nor technician, artist statement can do without to liberate oneself from a given situation Hmm. and associate oneself with it like pen and paper through Thought becomes to a mind disposal to creative auxiliary function, identifiable quantifier of the 007 operator rules. Don't be fooled based on definition and stipulation, only your independent explanation, as so the reader will continue to be his contribution of imagination, of a mental construction to the event, which the writer's hypothesis are applied, but someone might be incomprehensible because the mind is, a, is in rotation of a circular schema in peace. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> some, it, to some, it may be incomprehensible because the mind is in rotation of oh, a circular schema. I tell you, that's right. Life itself is a circle. Man. Mm-mm-mm. Awesome piece, Master Scribe. That is a mind bender. That piece is a mind bender. Um, yes, it is. Yes, it is. And it does, uh, it causes a lot of thought to yes. surface. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I said earlier, I, I I write to teach. I write to try to feed minds that are asleep. You know, we have to wake up. We have to learn how to traverse through our dimension, you know, we need to see the light until we see the light and come out of our self-incarceration. We're going to keep on doing the same thing, looking for a different result, and it's not going to be there because we don't read enough, mm. period. Mm-mm-mm. Period. We don't um, research. Yes. We don't research. And, it's, and, and, and like I said earlier, you will remain stagnant. Mm-hmm. Don't research. You will remain stagnant. But, you know, like I said, you know, we we, we, we we talk about growing. We're talking about having unity. We are talking about being one. We can't do none of that until you have the truth. Mm-hmm. You have to. In order to in order to move forward, we as a people need to learn and know who we are because they definitely know who we are. You mm-hmm. understand? This is why they are killing us off like they're doing because they know who we are. That's why they keep us so discombobulated because they know when we unify, they are going to be destroyed. Mm, mm, This mm. is the reason why they keep us so discombobulated. This is the reason why they keep on putting us, they're starting to put our children in in the penal system so we cannot rise. That's what you have to look at. And violence against them is not going to help us because they can beat us hands down because they got all the guns and the bullets the bomb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You understand? And so they, they can beat us down. So we have to beat them at their own game. So we need to go to school. We need to do our research. And we got to play their game and beat them at their own game. Mm. 
beat them at their own game. Beat them at their own game. And in order to do that, you have to get educated and you have to do the research. You need to be able to speak like they speak. Because you ain't going to be able to go to stand up before Congress and speak street language or Ebonics. You're not because they're not going to want to hear you because they ain't going to understand that because they're not in that world. Right. You got to learn right, how to speak it. like them. And if you can't speak like them, they're not going to hear you. They're not going to understand you. And they're not going to do nothing for you. And this is the reason why. One word I can see what's going on in this world right now, especially when it comes to black people and black families. Mm-hmm. One word corrals us all pacification. Mm, classification, that's right. Mm-hmm. And mm. under that word, classification comes pacification. Mm-hmm. You see, they, they they give you something to calm you down and get you hooked on it, and then they take it away from you. Mm. And they can control you. They can control you with what they gave you when they take it away from you. Okay. Remember that. Okay. Mm. Mm-hmm. Powerful, powerful statements, fact-based, and the truth. Much appreciated, Master Scribe. We're going to come back to you. We're going to move now to B-I-double-G. Welcome back, B-I-double-G. Hey. Hey, we, we, I tell you, tonight we're just going there because this is our climax for celebrating National Poetry Month, so... Whatever piece you got that's hot and ready, we're ready to hear it. The mic is now in your hands. Learn. Learn to live. Learn to give. Learn to receive. Emphatically breathe. Make yourself breathe. Learn to read. Teach yourself yourself to read and learn. Learn to absorb. Learn to intake. Learn to observe. Learn to watch. Learn. Learn to detect. Learn to look. Learn to... Learn to look, learn to behold, learn to learn our witness. And as you learn, let yourself learn to let go and flow. Learn to get what's obsolete. Roll on. Let what ain't meant to be, let that become archaic. Let new dates and let new times roll on, roll in. Let the old roll out. Roll out out of date. And newness is. Newness coming, and at some point in time, restrictions will show. Restrictions exuberantly all with physical conditions, and interference is an exception. Interceptions come, and roadblocks come, and roadblocks can't stop where you're going. Ungoingly push, and emphatically, Mm. and push against the odds. Push, occurrences occur, and strike, and ignite at day. Illuminate and ignite very uniquely and explicitly. Go in a new direction. And new very direction reveal a seldom occasion exuding through the daily inspection and daily, daily checkups. Exude better days deeply and audacious audacity. I speak emphatically and very literally speaking. I speak emphatically speaking. The big dog in pictures written. We'll talk emphatically speaking. Because poetry with the words that I speak have no aspiration. Poetry illustrated. Poetry explained. Poetry shown in vivid rain, including poetry. Poetry for change. 
spoken words, poetic words, poetry, and proof transcending poetic words with audacity. Spoken. Mm, mm, mm. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I tell you, nobody spits alike, but when you spit, I tell you, no excuse. People cannot say I didn't hear what he was saying. Um, it wasn't clear, it wasn't loud. Um, you evoke a response from your listeners, from your listening audience. I commend you on that piece. And um, I just want to confirm, um, are you otherwise known as Dejan? Me? No, no, no. Uh, I'm also known as Christopher uh, Cornell Martin, Victor Now, on Facebook, what name do you use? Uh, well, I'm listed as um, my uh, government is a big uh, uh, Christopher Cornell Martin. You can reach me there. Okay, because I want to make sure, along with comments, I have your link so people can look you up. Okay. Um, you you say, type in that, type in C-H-R-I-S. Cornell Martin? Yeah, yeah. Got you. Oh, yeah, Chris. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, get me up because, uh, I mean, I'm, I, I create a whole new lane when I, when I spit and when I express myself. I, I don't try to, you know, uh, and mm-hmm. add, mm-hmm. add to what's been done. I try to go in another direction and personify that, and I went up to it, and I do it every time. And that's, that's where I'm comfortable at, and I keep on pushing the envelope, and I love expressing volcanic uh, thoughts that, like I said earlier, I'm into thought-provoking expression. Mm-hmm. Yes, and you have your own unique flair of expressing the poetry that you create, and that's awesome. Well, continue to scribe on. Do you have another piece that you would like to share? Sure. Okay, the mic is in your hand. Always view life with crystal vision. Always view life, and whatever you are, you will exude. Your is your aura. Your is like your shadow. Your aura echoes. Your aura flows from your deepest aspects. Your aura is your mirror. Your aura, your aura is magnetic, and vivid qualities always exude inner characteristics. And deep thoughts exude them. And when you exude those deep thoughts, when you speak those deep thoughts, exude eternally. Speak out. Reach out. Extend out. Extend openly. Seeking, reaching, wanting a indication, wanting a sign, seeking a warning, seeking and warning. Actually, you wanting a omen. You, actually, mm-hmm. you, you, you got a room and you got a room from information. Then you exuberate, exuberate. You got to, and you must, and you got to experience real chills, forbidding chills, menacing chills, dark chills, dire chills, grim chills, women chills, hunting. Hunting chills, perilous chills, ill-starred chills, ill-fated chills, impending chills with audacity through audacity, very shrewd, astute, sharp, internal and external, crafty mannerisms. You must occur in crafty, crafty manners, consumerated, and deliberately at times you do 
You will. You will shriek. You will. You will shriek. You. You will screech. You will. Skulk. You. You will cry. You will. Yeah, you will. At some point, you will ask me, shrill. Inflated acuteness. Shrug off. Shrug off. Eviction. Shrug off. Ousters. Shrug off. The missiles. Shrug off. Vividly. Injections. Happy. Directly. Shrug off. Disapproval. Shrug off. Shrug off. Ignorance. Shrug off. Shrug off. Doubt. Shrug off. Justice. From there, embrace your own, your own God-given nature. Embrace your own silverware. Use your own silver plate. Appreciate your own side. And remember, mm-hmm. audacity, and the the signs surface. And by the time you feel, leave, leave, to simmer down and audacity, vivid, clowns will attempt to test you. And vivid clouds, vivid idiots, girl idiots, made-up idiots, the burgers, the the food, they can't evoke themselves. That version warmly ill. I always will unveil the drunk, the dust, after the dust, the evening of twilight. That race becoming dissipated, scattered, dispersed, disseminated, consumed, squandered, empty, and wasted, and in fact, dissolved, vaporized, and distilled, distinctly, but precisely, and over time, too. Audibles overcome. Speak minded understanding. Speak minded bull. Very emphatically distinguishes sharp character and sharp characteristics arise endlessly in irritated diversions, sounding brightly like the sun and the sunlight, exuding deviated diversions, emphatically channeling energy and fluent impetuosity. I speak. And it was so but my own born emphatical echoes. I speak emphatically, in fact, you're speaking emphatically the big dog gets pictures fury. Literally, emphatically, real talk, the big dog gets pictures fury. It's not a game. Hmm. Wow, wow, I tell you. You definitely are a force to be reckoned with with your pen. Continue to scribe on and always note that your audience hears every word that you're saying. Continue to live by what you write. Let your pen execute what is the law. Be true to your pen and the ink that's spilled. When you scribe, always know that others will know you by what you scribble. And what we go by with this show, and the name of the show affirms it, exceptional scribble is the standard we write up to. And until we reach that standard, we're striving to get there. And we want to applaud your efforts as you are advancing your pen to compose exceptional scribble on a day-in, day-out basis. And we want you to know that we are in support of what you are doing and what you bring to the table as an artist, as a literary artist. And we want you to continue doing what you love. Always know that this door is open to you. Whenever we're on the air, Tuesday nights, it's 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 
until 11 p.m., and if we can, we like to go over just because we cater to our callers and we want our fans to know that they're important. Um, So is there anything that you would like to say before we go on to our next uh, callers because we're going to open the mic for Bishop Peep to come back on? So um, if you have any contact information, now is your time to share it with the listening audience so they can become acquainted with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, to reach me on Facebook, if you uh on Facebook, you can search my name uh, listed at C-H-R-I-S-T-O-P-H-E-R-C-O-R-N-E-L-L-E-M-A-R-T-I-N. And in parentheses, B-I-double-G-D-A-R-K-I-N-P-E-T-U-R-U-S-F-U-R-Y. Inbox me. I'm full right now, but inbox me. We can talk. You want to invite me somewhere until show you want to uh, talk business, talk ideas, you know, network. Hey, I'm I'm open to it. Great conversations that expand poetry all over the place, you know. So I'm all about people that want to expand it and improve the art of it and have no fear, you know. I'm into that. So, you know, reach me like that. I'm on, I'm on France page. I want, to, I want her supporters as well. So, you know, I love what Fran does, and I love expressing myself, and I'm Glad that uh, others out there, you're welcome. Glad others out there love hearing what I have to express. And everybody on here is is great at what they do. And I'm glad to be a part of uh, such a great platform. And it's a great thing. So reach me on Facebook, inbox me, you know, follow me. And um, and we can talk. You know, we can uh, share ideas. And if you you got a show, you want to invite me. Uh, inbox me or put it on my wall or something like that or give it to a friend or something and maybe she can forward me the link or something like that or, you know, tag me in it, something like that, you know, so so I know the urgency of it in a sense, you know. But, hey, I'm here to network and grow and expand the, the fields of poetry in every sense of the word beyond today. Yes, indeed. I love that beyond today. That's it because, you know, we don't just live for today. We live for tomorrow. Um, Thanks so much. Thank you for sharing that piece. Awesome piece. We're going to go um, back. We have uh, some more callers on, and we don't want to lose anyone. But thank you again. Um, I'm going to keep your mic open. So we're just going to hear some fine poetry. We're celebrating National Poetry Month, ladies and gentlemen. This is our final opportunity for this show because we air weekly on Tuesdays. So we're taking full advantage. We're going over time. Yes, we are. Um, Bishop Pete, yes. step oh. up to the mic. Welcome back. Yes, mic check, mic check. Yes, indeed. The mic is now in your hands. We want to hear some more of that fine poetry. All right, all right. Well, I have two pieces here. Uh, <clears throat> my first piece is a, is a short piece. 
and I. And it reads as Beauty Myth of a Female. I say, Beauty Myth of a Female. You, I behold, my ideal woman, see what my eyes see. You will tell what I wish for. Maybe you and I can have a real life. Maybe life won't stop for you and I. Know what I wish for, you know yourself, and you know how I feel. I feel like I should know you. Uh, tell me, is it real? Looks of kill, a chance I live for. First sight, I was thankful you were alive. So don't die. Live in my life, don't cry. If so, your tears will fill the wells of my heart. Don't lie. It is true, love is in your eyes. Deep down in your soul, eyes of a woman, a dream, huh? More within my soul, know what I wish for. Beauty myth of a female. And that's that piece. Mm. What inspired that piece? I'm curious. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. <clears throat> I just, just having a sense of um, it's true compassion, you know, for mm. uh, for one, you know, and the appreciation and uh, having that idea and uh, knowing that uh, by my creator saying, you know, uh, that was formed and uh, that was created for me. So uh, that was uh, a piece to express that. So that's how I came up, do the myth of a female, you know, because uh, the myth is, you know, that is a mystery to behold, you know what I'm saying? It's so wonderful, you know. And, uh, so <clears throat> it can always capture your eye, you know what I'm saying? And uh, beauty at first sight. So, yeah, so uh, I wanted to put that into uh, a way to, to express. And uh, so that, that was that piece. Okay, well, thanks so much. Did you say you have another piece as well? Yes, ma'am. Yes. Well, listen, what we'll do is we're going to move on to Master Scribe, Mr. Boston, yes. and we'll come back to you, and then we're going to B-I-double-G, okay? Okay, welcome back, Master Scribe. I am right here in your dream. <laughs> And everything. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we have music, music, music. I tell you, yeah. music uh, and oh. art are forever. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I, I ain't trying to sing tonight. I'm going to save the singing for Sunday night. <laughs> okay, okay. You come, That's you come, fine. You come, you come through, if you come through there Sunday night, I, I, I got some for you. Don't you remember I told you I love you, baby? Okay, so <laughs> coming back this way again, baby, baby, baby. Ooh, Francine, I love you. I really do. <laughs> oh well, thank you. I tell you, um, I'm being serenade tonight. What a pleasant surprise. So, Master Scribe, may I ask, what is your second piece? Give us the title, please. 
I don't have a title. I'm just going to do this piece. I don't even have a title. I'm gonna okay, do this. that's fine. I'm going to do this straight out the top of my head. Awesome. The esoteric, the, wait, how does it go? The esoteric maximum becomes the soul of effort. Matter and spirit as its lowest level that applies to this aspect of this moment of life. This ability to perceive objective reality depends upon one's ability to clearly receive the very presence of one awakens truth. Life is limited, but knowledge is not. We need to leave the relative level of reality to be open to awaken to its opposite, trying to change what we have gone into, what we ought not. That is, when we either fight with or fight from reality, come with me, listen with me, talk back with me, learn with me, let thought and mind run free. Truth is, to it all of what is waking a state is to the dreaming state, don't fight it. You feel a compelling need like mental tractor beings to find yourself in your life purpose. I am satisfied with the mystery of your life's eternity with knowledge and sense of a marvelous structure of existence and to stand within it. Could reality be merely an illusion and the very persistent one, spontaneously in the middle of an everyday life, creatively arising out of the state of thoughtless presence of elaborate visualization to self-reflect and assimilate what has gotten triggered in you? But we err in taking their word for it and thinking that such factor renders retrofit time needed to change the dynamics of an entire armada. We again find ourselves facing a dynamic, agile, and flexible immediately come within the sphere of our own comprehension. In peace. Mm -hmm. May I ask you, because that piece is such a strong piece, um, what did evoke that piece. I understand it was something just off the brain. You know, you know uh, Francine, sometimes I'd be sitting at my desk mm-hmm. and I have this picture of Malcolm X who I study a great mm-hmm. deal on. And I study Martin Luther King study Gandhi, I study Plato, a lot of other ancient texts, and you know, I time I go and I want to write something that will probably blow a lot of people's minds, so a lot of times I go in and I, I read the Book of the Dead from the ancient Egyptians, it's so much truth. In that book, people don't even understand, and they need to read that. I have that book in my library, along with a lot of Plato, and a lot of King, and a lot of Malcolm X. Sometimes I close my eyes when I'm sitting at my desk, and things just come to me, and they just come out of nowhere. And this, that was the situation here. They just come out of nowhere, you know, so... I don't know. I it's, I guess it's within me. I guess it's just the spirit flowing up and want me to get something out. And it comes out like it come out. A lot of times I put it on paper and throw it in the corner. Uh, you know, I, 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 I have, I think I maybe have maybe, oh, roughly 
about 60 tablets filled up with unpublished work, believe it or not. It just comes to me, and I jot it down. And You know? Mm-hmm. You know, you have to, you know, because that, those, those, Pieces are going to be my legacy. I'm 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 really writing a lot. I, I've been writing a lot of stuff and putting it on Facebook. But I do keep a tablet with me. I could be walking down the street, be on the train or the bus, walking to school, and I always keep a tablet and a pen in my hand. And something comes to me, I jot it down, and I come home and I look at it and I'll expound on it. I'll turn the page and something else will come to me. I'll jot it down, write on it. You know, all of that stuff is for my children when I go, when I leave here. They get to get it and do whatever they need to do with it, you know. So that one just came out of nowhere, though. Uh, I'm still sitting back deciphering it myself, believe it or not. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's bubbling in my brain, and I, I, I'm still trying to decipher it, you know. Is it is it God trying to talk to me and tell me something, you know, so it just, it, it it do what it do. You know what I'm saying? It do what it do. You know. So it is what it is. Mm. Well, I appreciate your pen. I appreciate all that you spit here tonight on the call as well. We're definitely privileged to have you as one of the supporting writers who calls in to this show consistently and shares, um, always sharing uh, very vital information with us all. Um, What I'm going to do at this time is ask if you have another piece. Okay, another piece. (laughs) You giving me the mic tonight, huh? And then, oh, I'm sorry, did I, you know what? You want an erotic piece? Um, What we'll do, because I do have uh, Bishop Peep on, and we'll come back to you, and then B-I-double-G, and we'll have you um, to do your piece after that. Okay. Okay. All right. Welcome back, Bishop Peep. Hello, hello. Yes. Yes, all right. My second piece is titled um, The 19th Letter. And the 19th letter is S. It's the alphabet S. Okay. The 19th letter, three time S. The 19th letter, three time S's, strike, struck, stricken. The real definition, the symbol of ethopia. Top of three. Inevitable steady de- deterioration of a system or society. See the strike on our faces, struck by senseless killing, stricken by what you seeing. Visions of the 19th letter followed by HIT. Ooh, I spell. Sh- if you can't see or spell, you sure as hell can smell. Sh- Don't make no sense. Watch out. Here comes the lightning. Watch out who you're standing next to. You might get three time S's, strike, struck, and stricken, the 19th letter, the beginning of what <clears throat> of what you are, 
and what should be shut down, struck by structural, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, the beginning of what should be shut down, struck by the structural, political, especially economical structure, so many against us. Military, military strikes blowing up people, places, and things. Struck poor, broke, struck rich, struck broke. Don't matter no more. So stricken, three-time S's, painful emotions, stricken, unfavorable conditions, wounded by a projectile. It seems you got to... Excuse me, Miss Ryan. Mic check all over again. It's the bishop. I got a little dry throat here. Let me see it up here. Mic check. The 19th letter, three time S, strike struck stricken, the symbol for three. Inevitable steady deterioration of a system or society. See the strike on our faces, struck by senseless killing, stricken by what you seeing. So stricken, three time S's, painful emotions, stricken, unfavorable conditions, wounded by a projectile. It seems you got something in your eye. See the world's eye, striking resemblance when we should strike, bow, immobilize, and slow down to love. Sick and shut in at the street and stop the children from striking and shooting down. Tell the truth <clears throat> or get strike struck and stricken down. This is the 19th letter. This is how it's going down in the beginning huh, of what should be shut down, struck by the structural politician, especially economical structure, so many against us. Military strikes blowing up people, places, and things. Uh, poor and broke, struck poor, struck rich, and now you broke all over again. Don't know, don't know, don't know nobody no more. You see, that is the 19th letter, the S's, the visions of the 19th letter, followed by the HIT. If you can't see or spell, then you sure as hell can smell. Don't make no sense. Watch out, here comes the lightning. Watch out who you're standing next to. You might get struck down by the three time S's, strike, struck, and stricken. The 19th letter. Awesome. I'll get it right there. That's a little piece I played with um, just tuning in to, to my dictionary, you know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. yes, yes, yes. And so uh, I try to follow that word, uh, flowing the meaning of, uh, of just the letter S, you know. And a lot of people wouldn't know uh, what the 19th letter was. Uh, that's what it said. That's what it represents. So, uh you have to watch out, you know what I'm saying? You might get struck, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Struck down, you know what I'm saying? And then we, we try not to be stricken. You know, we, we, we're we in a place now, you know what I'm saying? A lot of folks are, are being, you know, are being struck and stricken down, you know what I'm saying? About, by, uh, you know what I'm saying? The powers that be, you know what I'm saying? The man made laws uh, and, and, and just the. Uh, uh, the poor mentalities and, and, and the rage and the uh, um, the undermining of uh, of having belief, you know what I'm saying, that someone greater than us, you know, 
to to where we can come to some kind of peace and resolve and uh, unity. But um, as you see now, the destruction of people, places, and things, you know, going on in the world. So we have to unstricken ourselves and our minds, <clears throat> you know, to become uh, uh, victims <clears throat> uh, of this play, you know what I'm saying, and just playing out in real life, you know what I'm saying. It's, it's not what you see <clears throat> so much on your reality shows or your Atlantic Housewives and uh, whatever, whatnot, you know, so it's it get real, you know. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, just right outside the door. All you have to do is look right outside the window. Uh, <clears throat> but I just want to be thankful, you know what I'm saying, that I'm able to do that. And uh, be able to um, express the word uh, across the world, you know what I'm saying, through this platform. And, but you have opened up the mic. And I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate you as well. And we look forward to you coming back uh, when you can. We understand your plate is full, but we thank you for sharing on today, sharing your love for poetry because it's all about celebrating National Poetry Month. Thank you. Thank you so much. And you have a blessed night. Bless you bless too. You. Yes, ma'am. Uh-huh. Peace and blessings. Okay, we're going to B-I-double-G, and then we're going back to Master Scribe. B-I-double-G, welcome back. Hey. Hey, welcome back. Um, now, we would love to hear if you have a poem that's more on the lines of being something, I guess you would write for your special lady. Okay. At this time, we're going to change the mood and sure. go into the romantic mood at this time, so feel free um, to spit, and if you would like to dedicate it to that special lady, you can do that as well. Okay. To the ladies out there that um, have somebody special or feel somebody is special towards them. Maybe this can speak to you or that person. I'm sorry, repeat that. To all the ladies out there, to have somebody special in their life or feel that somebody is special in their life, then hopefully these words can speak to you mm-hmm. or, or congruently both. How you feel about it? Wonderful. Wonderful. I love that. Thank you. The mic love. is in your hands. Thank you. Love flows from the belly of the deep, arising from the deep below steadily. And if the love is vivid, it can go beyond Cupid, ongoingly, ongoing. And true love flows and goes and echoes, ongo, ongoingly, flowing, flows from Rub the love, and the wind sends the intended, the intended participates, but only detailed by the vivid unity of male and female ever flowing in the courses from deep words to adverbs beyond just 
adventurous to adventure some. Happening to two like a flowing mission committed by very vivid past matching from ignites to igniting to better nights ignited by one move to many more venues. And if it's really love, it should flowingly, ongoingly continue endlessly, deeply, especially when it's very emphatical, emphatically speaking, emphatically speaking, vividly, the big talking picture is very emphatically expressing on this specific topic of love. Love is a journey. Love is a deep majestic. Love is royal. Love deeply does spoil. Love is generous. Love is relentless. Love is honorably given. Love is when two feel the inclination, embracing love, pulling in a great designation. Love is when two unite. True, deep, unexpected, born appointments, approval. Love is an appointment. Love is vivid. Love is felt. Love is deep. Truly, love is a bond. Love is strong. Love gives you a new base strong. Love gives you trust and regards. Love is given from one heart to another heart. Love never departs. True love is emphatically, emphatically true, heartfelt true. Love is personally all, very deeply, emphatically speaking, true. Emphatically speaking about love. The big dog in Betty's Fury. Excellent, excellent. Thank you so very much for all of the poetry that you shared. Welcome. And always, always continue to stay true to your pen and your ink. Much appreciated. We look forward to you joining us again next time. And at this time, we're going to go to Master Scribe, and then I'll be reading a poem after Master Scribe, and we'll be concluding the show for tonight. Thanks again. Welcome. Sounds great. I enjoyed it. I had a blast. Wonderful. Same here. Same here. Nice. Welcome back, Master Scribe, Mr. Boston. Oh, I have something for you. Oh, I got something for you. <laughs> you know, you ready for this uncola nut? Okay, I think I'm ready. <laughs> okay, buckle in. <laughs> buckle in. Francine, you know love is a visual occasion. So many things I want to say to you, but because the universe is between me and you, I could make allusion to your eyes like stars, but the stars twinkle in the distance and I prefer you near me. Your cheeks flush in the perspiration, well, on your skin, and then I revert back to the beginning. This is what I think of you and what you are to me in the sphere of loving you. You still find it in you to love me for who I am in the sphere of human affection. Love consists essentially in an act known to you before and in the dance. Our arms and our steps have moved with mutual love. Loving you should mean that 
I could be your king. If you are me and I am you, what is the separation between you and me? I love you to the depth and breadth and height of my soul can ever reach. There are three things that the world can't take away from us, our love, our wisdom, and how you will fulfill this destiny. When filling out a sight, beautiful, first and foremost, I love you from the point of your inner beauty to your outside beauty at the moment of our self-discovered conversation. And I'm 100% with your inner discussion. I love the innocence of your beautiful aging that blooms every morning like a yellow rose. You are the areas of meaning. And I have a deeper need to explore who you are deeper in your mind exhaustively. You are my aim on the tip of Cupid's arrow, but let our truth prevail. Yes, I said you. You know where we come from, perhaps a crucial epic inside each other's life, designed to set in motion an elaborate set of relations ever so encouraging, deeply personal. You are positioned for my conclusion. Love may be your interpretation between the precise significance we have become the same spirit. And the conception ever so clear, the significance of understanding you, her personality with personal meaning of her beautiful distinction. You are my virtual presence. You capture my sight like a well-written poem and verbal process. You capture my mind like I have yours with just the thought of you. Your enchanting essence is what I stand and applaud. With my thoughts and feelings exposed to your searching eyes, if I had a rose for every time I thought of you, I would be walking in a garden. This isn't a song. It just happened to be a rhyme. When I get emotional and find time to write facts, help me adjust my thoughts in life to be in line with yours. I can climb intricate scaffolds of words to reach the highest cathedral ceiling and paint my thoughts within your mind. But Francine, you must approve. In peace. Hmm. Wow, wow. You know, you have a way with words. You're quite the wordsmith, might I assert. And um, I found that piece to be rather flattering. I liked it. Um, I love how you can write for all occasions, and it doesn't matter whether it be eros, um, romance, uh, whether it be consciousness, um, whatever the theme for the day is, you're able to meet the criteria with your pen and to do so masterfully, and I that's why I love using that title, Master Scribe, when, uh, yes, indeed, when affiliating with your uh, pen and um, int- introducing you um, on this show and on the panel and in whatever environment. So um, would you happen to have another poem that you'd like to spit? Oh, I always have something that... Uh... <laughs> I always have something. Um, let me see. Uh, so many things can be taught a man. If he closes the doors on his ego and just listens to someone from the outside looking in. Outside the dining room window, his mental mirror faced the alley. Taught by experience to put a premium on those who people who can appreciate him. He seeks eagerly and hopefully every man is more than just himself. He also represents the unique spirit within. I walk a road, a path that very few could not understand. My walk is into which I crept. All people are given the ability to lead, but very few will walk the path. 
He wants us to walk by faith and trust him step by step. Our path is more than just a few steps. It is the road we are to travel. So each step is. Few people have the capacity, and yet everyone can have it. Sometimes people feel like black sheep, but I know better than to dwell there. Because God gave me free will, and I am a free thinker. Sometimes I stand apart from many others, but that is what I was made to be. I have been on this journey long and hard. Maybe in some cases I am biased. The street taught me in the arena of hard knocks. Hard knocks taught me in real ways, in more ways than one. It taught me to be aware of what is in and around me because the environment is ever so aware of me. Who you think may be your friend could possibly be a friend enemy, but they are neither here or there. Jealousy and envy is a cup I fell at drinking from. And I am many pages of many things that many have yet to acquire because I have been saved by grace because I have become grateful. Intelligence don't mean a thing if there is no strands of character or resilience, neither goals. But let a man overstand in this statement. Let it stand for something if you fail at this understanding. If you fail at standing for something, everything about you will fall into the garbage can making your individuality susceptible to anything in peace. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Well stated, well declared. Um, What stands out to me is the urgency by which you write the necessity for everyone to stand in his or her own right. We all have an individual perspective on life. We are all unique and you address that and you assert how that is significant and we ought to cherish and embrace that and not feel that and not feel pressured to blend in i think uh that's the problem today everybody wants to blend in mm-hmm. you know i understand you know, a lot of us were taught America was a solid bowl, you know. Um, mm. You got a little of this, a little bit of that, and a little bit of the other. But in all truth, in actuality, we must understand that it's not so much a solid bowl. It's a land where everyone has come to. And even yet and still, not all have been accepted here for the who they are. Um, So many have come and assimilation has taken over and uh, so many have traded in their originality and authenticity just to be accepted. And they have taken on a whole new aura, a whole new spirit, other than the one they were born into this life with. And that's not a good thing, people. Um, I know, you know, people want to suggest that in America, you know, once you become American, then whatever your actual nationality is, um, you kind of make that secondary. No, you never give up your soul. You never give up being who you are. Um, You can have American citizenship as for being able to assume certain rights and privileges here, but never deny who you are. I've seen people do this. And then it's like they lost their true identity 
and took on this American badge, this American uh, title, and forsook their motherland, the land of their nativity. Even some, as far as the tongue, they don't even speak their own native tongue. They have become conditioned to think American. You got to drink Pepsi. You got to wear the 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 uh, jeans. You got to do this. You got to wear your hair this way. You got and they've disrobed themselves of their natural, authentic uh, clothing and and garb and wardrobe. What I'm going to suggest is the following: Be who you really are. If you're going to be an American, just add that on. Well, I'm American too. I'm taking this citizenship. Better yet, why not have dual citizenship? Why not? You were, if you came here, this is not where you were born. You were born in another land, another country, on another continent. Then why can't you still assert that? That's who you be. That's who you are. Indeed. Never give up who you are to become somebody new. If the requirement is you have to deny yourself. And I'm going I'm to leave that on the table for everybody to buffet on, marinate in, sila, namaste, ashe, whatever you want to affirm. Because too often people come to America with this misconception that being American is the final destination. No, being who you are is your your destiny. You were born in a land. You were born given a certain name. You were born in... You change your name for sake of your spirituality journey, affirming that you are somebody new. You're not the same person you were. Hey, by all means, do that. But never deny your heritage to take on a new identity. That's dangerous. That's destructive. And I think... That that kills a people, and, and yes, you will become an endangered species in doing that. And know this: you have a heritage. Embrace whatever your culture and heritage are, and embrace it with all diligence. And let no one take that away from you, because it sets you apart from everything and everyone else. It mandates your uniqueness, your individuality, authenticity, even as a writer with your pen. You don't have to write. I've heard people say that, write uh, like you're white. If I'm not white, I'm not going to write like I'm white if I have had the black experience in life. And people have to understand that. And the black experience is, it varies. It's not the same for everyone. There's a lot of factors even in that, which distinguishes the black experience 
of one person from the black experience of another. But no, by all means, stay true to your pen. Never assume a new identity to be accepted of others. Know who you are and be who you are. Yes, your ink too. Your ink should breathe your individuality. It should breathe it. Everything that you write, it should come through it. Someone should see and know and hear, well, this is her. This is who she is, who she be. This is where she's from. She's testifying with her pen of her life, the community that she grew up within, the environment she was raised in. Stay true to your pen, ladies and gentlemen, and your pen will affirm who you be, who you are. And we need to love who we are. We may not agree with something, even as an American. I may not agree with a lot of the laws, I'm the laws of the land in America. I may not agree with how government manages a lot of things here in America. I may not agree with the power distribution of government, how government is set up here. I may not agree with a lot of things that are here or done here in America. However, I was born here. So I do have a certain regard for being an American. And I don't hate being an American. I will never say I hate being an American because I have been an American for much of my life and I have found there are some positive things. Everything's not negative about being an American. However, I am more than just an American. I am of the African diaspora. So, yes, I do embrace my African nativity, and with my pen, I declare such. And it is the way it is, and I'm not going to change from that. I'm not going to transition from that because someone suggests that, oh, well, you know, you you get more fans to read your books or, or to want to read your literature if you assume a different identity with your pen. No. To me, that's not being true to myself. So I just want to say to all writers out there, always be true to yourself. Be true to your pen. Be true with your ink. Let your ink breathe what is the truth about you. Embrace your culture. Embrace your heritage. And by all means, this is the last episode for the month of April. And, yes, we are in closing, and I'm saying in conclusion as we're closing out, I am so very humbled by all of the literary artists that came through on tonight's show on this panel. Thank you for coming through and helping us to celebrate National Poetry Month and also helping us with uh, welcoming the greatest poet alive, uh, James Commissioner Gordon, who was our feature artist in the spotlight. And uh, with that said, um, I just want to invite everyone to please 
when you have time, go to the Exceptional Scribble Show. Uh, we have a fan page that's entitled on Facebook, The Exceptional Scribble Show. If you go there, you will find information where you can listen to some live uh, performings or performances by GPA as he spit his original poem. And you'll also find information about his book entitled, I believe the first published book was entitled, uh, Hi, My Name is Bobo, and he addresses bullying. Yes, and, and from a child's perspective, he uses his own personal life and uh, in such a colorful way, he describes what that experience was like for him and how he overcame being bullied and uh, what that experience is. And I definitely recommend that book, Hi, My Name is Bobo. You can go to Amazon.com. The book is available. It's also available in ebook form, Kindle edition, um, as well as paperback, ladies and gentlemen. So let's um, please support... James Gordon, otherwise known as GPA, the greatest poet alive. Um, also, you can hear tonight's uh, show, the live recording. I will have the archive link posted on tomorrow. I'm sorry, on Tuesday, which is today, for those who are in Eastern Standard Time. Um, I will have the show available. The archive link will be available on today, later today. As soon as it's available, you'll see it go up and you'll be able to hear the entirety of the show live. I want to give a special thanks to Master Scribe, otherwise known as Mr. Boston, for sharing his fine art, poetry, and uh, delivering it, of course, as he always does. It's always riveting, um, his deliveries are, and um, giving us insight, too, as for what the law is and uh, the Constitution and government and how um, what martial law entails. I think um, it's so very significant in this time that we're in that our community is aware of what martial law truly means and what it entails. Um, and with that said, ladies and gentlemen, before we close out, I'm going to read. I have uh, a poem that I will be reading to everyone. But first and foremost, I'm going to give a round of applause to every artist that came through tonight who spit poetry and also those who couldn't or didn't get an opportunity to share poetry, but they shared their love for poetry. This is for you. Yes, I'm giving you a round of applause. And to all the fans of the Exceptional Scribble Show who have stayed with us for now 55 episodes going into 56 on next Tuesday, this round of applause is for you.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.